Dear Annie Maloney, scribble, 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 on the night I go back in time at 1.30 a.m., you will be shot by terrorists. Please take whatever precautions are necessary to prevent this terrible disaster. Your friend in time, Bill. P.S. Your breasts will be amazing. <laughs> Bill. The end. This is Annie That's writing a different letter. Unrelated now, okay, now, future. I think it's adorable <laughs> that you got really head up about Back to the Future because our friends did a marathon of all three movies. <laughs> well, no, it's you are a cartoon <laughs> character of yourself. <laughs> Love, Annie. <laughs> Love, Annie. Now, so what happened? I was a. Uh, uh, randomly listening to music yesterday and Back to the Fe- Power of Love by Huey Lewis came on yeah. and I was like oh man I, I just it was like a total thing where I was like oh man I love Back to the Future and yeah. then like half an hour later Conley's all like here I am doing a marathon of Back to the Future making someone who hasn't seen uh, Back to the Future before I'm going to make them watch all three Back to the Future movies and she was uh, she uh, made snacks like thematic yeah. snacks for each movie it was pretty uh, cool. what like burgers and milkshakes for the first one yeah uh, Rice Krispies treats colored like Marty's colorful hat in the second and for Back to the Future 2, along right. with like freeze-dried, you know, like fruit gummies and stuff like that. And then was it like baked beans and chili for the, yeah. like, the third it's movie? Thriller. Yeah. Oh my god, Conley's the best human being in the world. Not to say anything about Jacob, who's also on the podcast this week. We also drove away all the listeners just with this little speech, so. Yeah, I was gonna say, hey everybody, this is the Boy Hattie podcast, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, Finally, I'm now we're starting. I believe it. Yeah. We have Bill, as always, and we have our special guest, Jacob. 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 Whoa. Jacques. Jacques, thank you for joining us. Yeah, th- welcome back to the podcast. Oh, anytime. <laughs> Thanks for joining Bill Talks About Things Length Corner. Um, yeah, about <laughs> Back to the Future is worth talking about. No, absolutely. If it wasn't, if it wasn't on, I'd be listening to it at home, so hey. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I don't think I've seen Back to the Future since since the 90s. Really? Yeah. Do I have I haven't seen, I haven't seen watch it. How are you like See this is well, I mean 2015 is next year. So of course everyone's going to be watching the shit out of Back to the Future next year. Especially when it gets close to October, which is going to be, you know, the 30th anniversary of when Marty's supposed to be going back, you know, to 2015. Um Well, I'm sorry, People will watch it every time someone tweets, hey, today's the day. Hey, tomorrow's that the day. That seems to be slowing down As now that are people now. are catching on to the fact that it is, it's fucking 2015. Okay. How can, I, I still don't understand how people can get so excited about that, about Back to the Future trivia. Because yet they don't know what year the future is. That's... Well, that's only on screen for a few seconds, isn't it? Yeah, but like the it's fact that like 2015 is staring at that well, output panel. I can also see people being tricked because at the beginning of the movie, uh, Doc says he's only going 25 years into the future, which means he'd be you know going to 2010. But still, it's like 2015. If you've seen the second movie, the, all they talk about is 2015 for like the first half of the second movie. It's 2015, 2015, 2015. It's like the movie takes place. In. Oh my the god! The idea that this movie takes place in the future of 2015 makes me feel really old and i'm younger than that movie so i'm not sure how this Wait, works. when were you born 92 
I'll be oh 22. Oh, God, I'm almost 20 years older than you are. <laughs> I feel old because I went to a volunteer meeting for a con that's going to be next weekend, or I should say an art show that's next weekend, Lineworks Northwest, which I'm oh, excited about. Well, I'm excited about it because it seems to be more of a creator and art focused sort of event com- yeah. and with a stress on comics, which I'm excited about. And I saw they needed volunteers. So I was like, hey, why not? It's one day. I can volunteer for one day. And I went to the volunteer meeting, and I was the youngest person there by... Oh, really? Or should, wow. I should say the oldest person. Excuse me. No, the yeah, oldest yeah, yeah, person yeah. there by about eight years, at least. Uh-huh. And, and I was talking to these kids about... And they were like, oh, why are you here? And I was like, oh, I'm excited, because this seems to uh, be trying to take on the mantle of what Sumtown was trying to do. Did and now simply say that? Well, no, I, I was talking to these volunteer, to these other volunteer teens, and they were just kind of looking at me like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm like, this is possibly one of your first conventions, isn't it? I could tell. Look at your bright little eyes. They're trying oh. to figure out what on earth these paper things with pictures on them are. Yeah. They're only exactly. used to seeing them. <laughs> Wait, how young were these kids? They were all college students. Oh, which is funny because I could see if they were like teenagers, but by vert, if they're college students and they still seem like young kids, that's when you know you're getting old. And they're like, my major is Japanese with a side in noodles. Bill, you could be in college and be 18. They're 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 genuinely teens. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. They're babies. (laughs) I can't think of college. Like, yeah, just even get into college, you have to be like 25. Exactly. (laughs) That's just how old I am. How how distant I am from that whole thing where I'm like, oh yeah, the average uh, age of a college student is you know 27. Anyway, Bill. So speaking of your 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 disbelief at people getting getting confused about the exact date that the Back to the Future happened. enough about that trivia you'd think you would know enough about back to the future to at least understand the basic date yeah. uh-huh. scene where doc explains time travel paradoxes where he has the dates of everything that everywhere they've been to listed on a blackboard so even if you haven't even heard it correctly it's on a blackboard literally on black and white it's saying 1985 oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you, did you see uh, NPR's April Fool's j- uh, joke where oh, they yeah, did that was that may have been the oh that was amazing. Yeah. Explain so, explain it. So what they great. did was on their Facebook page they had a link to an uh, a, a, a NPR like article that where the title of it and the little description was um, people aren't reading anymore. It's like why aren't people reading anymore? And then when you click through to the article, the actual article was so we have a theory that no one actually clicks through and that they'll just discuss these things without ha- knowing any context. Mm-hmm. So if you read this, don't comment. That was Just pretty great. like the post. Yeah. And then, of course, all the comments on this Facebook post are like, what are you talking about? I read all the time. I read all sorts of books. This is astonishing. This is just more liberal My media. Six books a day. Exactly. Whatever. It was so good. It was great. I think it was also in the context of um, people who comment on Facebook don't read those. Mm-hmm. Don't read the actual article. Not necessarily people on the site. Right. Well, of course, but yeah, it was just. Right. It was just, just you know, you implied it was all. So. Well, no, no, no. I got you. Well, even Wait. better were the people who were agreeing with the the headline saying, "Yeah, it is." People don't read anymore. It's such a shame. <laughs> and that's you. They were even yeah. falling. You know, that that was cute too. But yeah, that was man. Everyone was like really wound up like in the twelve hours before April Fools. 
like everyone on Twitter was all like, "Fuck April Fools!" If you if you take part in April Fools, you're an asshole. Yeah, like people are really getting really like anticipating April Fools, getting really cranky about them. Like it's April Fools pranks are really easy to figure out which which is an April Fools prank and which isn't on the internet. I can't imagine why you would be. I guess people are upset when other people fall for that, and that's all they can talk about in their Twitter feeds. Get gummed up with people like retweeting obvious bullshit. But it's I mean that's the nature of Twitter and every day though. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any other good uh, yeah, April Fool's Day shit this week? I can't remember. Nothing really popped out at me. Yeah, nothing popped out at me, too. Star Runner updated. Yeah, I'm what not was a Homestar it? Runner it's fan, but the it did update. What was the update? Uh, I, I, it, it looked like a Homestar Runner episode thing. I, I hadn't watched any before that. It seemed fairly yeah. typical for it. It oh, wasn't yeah. super like, oh, April Fool's, blah, blah, blah. It was like a five-minute video. It was so like does a it look like they're actually back? I don't know. Maybe. It's a good talk. Those guys moved on to other stuff, already. didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we're going to get nominated for a Webby this year. Hey, what this, are you doing? We, you haven't been nominated I'm already? Just, I'm and just like, any like, scrubbing her feet or something over there. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> waiting for something that I have an opinion or feeling about. <laughs> you know, like, do you, have you never seen Homestar Runner? No, I'm I know of Homestar Runner like anyone who is on the internet in the early aughts, but See, I, I know, know from the Telltale Runner game. Through. I never played, but yeah, that's the only I, I I played one episode of the Telltale game, and that's all I know about Homestar Runner. I know about Team Girl Squad. Yeah, well, big, yeah, that big too. ups yeah. on Team Girl Squad. All I remember, all I know about uh, a Homestar Runner is Saveload, which is what uh what's his face says at the at the uh, I know loading screen Saveload. <laughs> This is a great episode. The, the like, dragon dude with the burly arms. <laughs> every every episode is really just people saying, oh, this is a great episode. So I think we're not going to have much of a experience. Homestar episode uh, nostalgia podcast episode. Not so much. Yeah. I think we should record it. It'll only be about 10 minutes long, and you can put it out next time the podcast fails. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about how good the new Captain America is, because everyone loves it. Well, first, there's one more April Fool's joke I want to mention. Yeah. Google put Pokemon on Google Maps on the mobile phone. Yeah, how'd that work? Oh, is that what happened? I, I forgot to try it out, but apparently you would just wander around the planet on Google Maps and tap Pokemon to catch them. That's and it was all official artwork, so I have to assume Nintendo was involved somehow. This must be part of the, one of the things where they're trying to, like, not necessarily license more Nintendo stuff, but trying to, like, spread the love of Nintendo characters around anymore. I wonder if this is one of their first things. Yeah, get a, done for that, yeah. Yeah. So, I you know, this was more well, I went to Google Maps on my la- on my MacBook, and it wasn't working. I didn't realize it was just a mobile thing, which makes more sense because, you know, it's supposed to be a Game Boy game, so it makes sense they would kind of try to turn it into a mobile device kind of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of. So, I, it's still a little so weird. So I guess, yeah, what, you go to from place to place actually collecting Pokemon? Because was it, was it also Conley who was, t- who was also, like, up – like, she was losing sleep over the fact that she was still trying to collect all those Pokemon? <laughs> yep. <laughs> We should just. Why is Conley not on this episode? Because she got things to do, son. She got life. She has a wife. It is Sunday. It is church time. That's it. She at church. Oh yeah. She may be a Back to the Future fan, but she's not. That doesn't mean she's not on the Boy Howdy podcast. It's obviously because they're at church. Yeah. Exactly. The DeLorean does run on, on on prayers as well as gigawatts. Well, I gotta tell you this: all the people who are cranking on Twitter about April first, may I make a recommendation to have a, de- a desk job, and then block Twitter on your browser, and then you miss every single damn thing until the end of the day, and it's like six thirty, and you're at home, literally checking Twitter, and then you just miss every single damn thing. 
Yeah. That's what I recommend. You're a good solution. Mm-hmm. So you're pretty much telling your advice to everyone just be employed. Get a job! Yeah. <laughs> Get a job, kids. <laughs> no, what no. What did you guys do this week? What did you guys do this week? Fuck April Fool's. Fuck everything else. What did you guys do this week? What did you do, Jacob? Me? Uh, I played... Age of Wonders free. I read uh, Saga Volume Three. Played some more Infamous. Uh, I watched the ending for Shadowrun Returns Dragonfall, and I modded some Bethesda games. Ooh, so tell us about Age of Wonders, my friend. Age of Wonders free is a uh, strategy game, a fantasy strategy game, kind of like Heroes of Might and Magic or uh, fantasy themes. Yeah, uh, I think I played. I played one of the Age of Wonders. I can't remember which, but I I I, I partook uh, of one. It was you probably played either Age of Wonders 2 or Age of Wonders Shadow Magic, which was just kind of a, a standalone expansion pack set of or, uh, Age of Wonders 2. Uh, what makes these games unique, or Age of Wonders 3 in particular, is um, most games like this will have several races you can pick from, mm-hmm. and then you strategize from there. Mm-hmm. This has a race and then a class for your um, leader character, mm-hmm. and both kind of determine how you'll play and what kind of units you'll be using. Hmm. So if you're playing, say, um, a druid, you'll get to produce units like hunters and salmons, and depending on what race you are, they will be that race. So you'll have hmm. high elf druids or um, draconian druids or goblin druids, so on and so forth. So. It's this weird sort of thing where you're combining the way what your character is with the kind of magic it's learned with the um, race of units you're controlling. Interesting. And I haven't gotten too far in it because I'm one of those uh, strategy game players where I'll just play like the first two hours of a map over and over and mm-hmm. then get to a point where I think, you know, I could do that better and then restart yeah. two hours later. I could do that better. So I never get that far in. So this is kind yeah. of all I have to say about it. But it is very pretty. Some of the character models okay. look a bit off, but very pretty. Uh, cheap at about 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. And this is a fully featured strategy game, so that's a that's decent nice. price. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no Mac version. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. I would, I would recommend it. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm the opposite sort of strategy gamer. Strategy games are totally wasted on me because I'm just like, ugh, finally I finished that one. Am I done yet? Where's the next one? Am I done with that one yet? And I'm just trying to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you There's know, not a lot strategy, of games you, strategy games, you need to push everything else aside and kind of like luxuriate in a while. You can't, you can't just try to slam through it like an infamous game or, you know, like an action game or something. See, but yeah, that, I no, just, it's, I, it's very much that's why I don't like strategy games. I get no pleasure from the, like, I think it can all be summed up by the kind of D&D character I play, and then I always just play uh, a tank who just, or not a tank, just like a brute who just tries to hit everything until it's done, yeah. and then move on. That's kind of my... my well, good news. It's almost entirely focused on combat, so if you just want to beat the crap out of things, this is a strategy game for you. Yeah, but I but I'm not a very strategy strategy person. I have no strategy. Yeah. I just want to uh, win. You really do. <laughs> Even in a strategy game, you play as the mindless tank, just trying to kill everything, and that's yep. it. Yeah, pretty much. And I, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, that's cool. I can, I'm down with that. Oh no, it's terrible. It's totally wasted on me. Like strategy games are absolutely wasted on me. Like even Shadowrun Returns. I've also been playing Dragonfall. Um, I enjoy, I enjoyed the main campaign. I think Dragonfall is significantly better, uh, for many, many reasons. I think they did an excellent job of um, building your relationships with your character and
align with the world so that the stakes felt all the more important and that any any uh, your choices a your choices and decisions were genuinely interesting um and b they actually there were actual stakes just because you gave a shit about what happened to these people and, very true uh, and that's something i can say about very few rpgs let alone mm-hmm. any kind of strategy rpg Absolutely. But the uh, much like the main campaign, it has an abrupt and significant difficulty spike. Um, there yep. are some shit in there that I could like I, the first drag, the first the main campaign, I barely beat for that reason. And this time I got to a point where I died over and over and over again during, during this one mission to the point where I was like, fuck it. And I played it old school, Annie, which is to say I looked up some fucking cheats. Yeah, there you go, yeah. yeah. I figured out how to unlock the debug menu, and then I just, like, maxed up my character to a ridiculous amount and then just beat the shit out of everyone and then really enjoyed the game. So can I recommend playing Dragonfall and then cheating for the last, like, quarter of it so you can actually... So Dragonfall is DLC. So Dragonfall is DLC for a... Is this... is this, is uh, Shadowrun a remake of an old uh, PC strategy game? No, um, it's not. Though there's a lot of mods that are. Um, what it is, it's an old kind of like it's kind of like D and D, cyberpunk D and D. And what it was is, um, it was primarily known for its SNES and Genesis games amongst gamers. Yeah. Those came out in the early '90s, and then nothing until like Microsoft put out some crummy FPS. Right. So that, it's one of those that, things where people F- wanted. Was that the MMO they tried to come up, uh, come out with like a decade ago that completely just shit the bed? It wasn't an MMO, but it was a no. Um, the MMO actually came out Monday. Yeah. There's actually the they actually put out the alpha for the alpha for the MMO uh, Monday as an early access thing. Um, what I'm talking about is um, it was. It was during the early days of the Xbox 360. They put out a cross-platform yeah. shooter where it was PC and Xbox, and that was the big thing. People hated it. It was somewhat those... unfairly because, of course, it was something they wanted to return, but not that way. Oh, mm-hmm. see, I see. It's weird for some reason. I get Shadowrun confused with Hellgate London for some reason too. I don't know why. Yeah, you, I can see that. They kind oh, of have similar right. aesthetics. Yeah, yeah and they're both kind of like online first yeah. person. Yeah, there's some kind of like bullshit. But anyway, I'm sorry. You guys go ahead. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Okay, so yeah, so Shadowrun Returns <laughs> is an isometric turn-based RPG sort of thing, um, very much so in the vein of Fallout, and it scratches that same itch. So there was, they did a Kickstarter, and they did this main campaign, and then uh, they just came out with, maybe a, a year or two ago, this DLC um, that's set in Berlin called Dragonfall, because the main cities for Shadowrun are um, Seattle and Berlin. So the first game took place in Seattle. This one took place in. And, um, I want to say there was another major city they're playing to do. The art style. One, then I think. Yeah. Yeah, it does look very nice. Uh, the, the 3D character models are a little off. Something a little off about them, but. I don't oh, know. I, I feel like good. they're. I feel like the models are right, spot on for what they should be and what how they should look. You know, if the, there's something a, just a little bit. They look a little plasticky. Compared to the environments, but I like. That. I get why they use three D models though, because. Yeah, see, I feel like the the quote unquote pla- that kind of plasticiness kind of makes me to me makes me think of like minis minis on a map, 
which just kind of yeah i don't have that fun. frame of reference for it so yeah and also to me it feels it feels very much like fallout one and two because it's the same sort of more fully rendered backgrounds with just a 3d character on top of it so to be sure that was like a it was the 2d 3D. so you guys are talking about Shadowrun returns specifically right that's correct we're talking no this this is yes. on ipad i had no idea yeah. Yeah, son, it's on pretty much every yes, platform. Uh, the DLC is not. Yeah, but the, kinda, the original game is. I'd be kind of curious to play again. And it would work pretty well there, I think. To see how it would work, yeah. Huh, huh. Yeah, they, they, what it's I like ten about, bucks too. What I like about the gameplay is that it is very just like even with your computer, you can just play with a mouse. You don't have to worry about your whole keyboard or anything like that. So it's yeah, you exactly. Know, yeah. I I enjoyed the hell out of it. It plays a bit like um, it plays a bit like say Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics more than it does Fallout. Yeah, which I'd be fine with. Like, like, yeah, I'm used to the, the Final Fantasy uh, tactics and, and Fire Emblem and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, check is... that out sometime. Have you guys played this in Moonrise? Yeah, the, the Fallout comparison is fine, but not Moonrise Kingdom. Well, and when I say Fallout, Sorry, I mean Fallout One and Two, not yeah, not... yeah, yeah, the, 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 right, the old school, the actual Fallout right. games, not not Fallout Three or anything like that. What the hell is that new puzzle game that just came out for the iPad that everyone's been flipping out about? That that's so... oh, um, Monument Valley. The Monument Valley. Monument I actually Monument bought Valley. it, and it's actually it's really goddamn gorgeous. I only played through the first couple levels because I wanted to. Uh, I bought it just to see, just for uh, our friend Dylan to check uh, check out. That's a really goddamn gorgeous game. I've heard nothing about this. What is this? It's an ice again. It's an uh, it's for iPad. It's an isometric game. It is not a strategy game like Shadowrun. It it's it. Remember. I don't know if you guys ever saw this on the PlayStation 3 for PSN that you, you can buy this downloadable game for a while that was black and white that kind of messed with isometric perspective puzzles. I forgot what it was called. Sort of remember what Echo Chrome. Yeah, this is kind of like the same thing except much prettier. It's it's it, you know full color and everything, but it's it's yeah for the iPad that just came out and I, it's funny because I haven't like bought an iPad game in like a year. Just because yeah. there's so much, well, aside from the fact there's so much stuff on the consoles to play, there's just like so much crud on the iPad and iOS and like mobile devices these days. It's it's hard to find anything that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've quit playing anything on my iPhone. It's just not worth the trouble. But uh, yeah. Freeze, um, but. Monument Valley seems to be pretty cool for the like the three uh, stages I've played. Very uh, just the, uh, the 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 sound and the design and everything's fantastic. It's it's not worth talking about it that much because it's so pretty. Like it's hard to talk about that on the radio. But the art so is fantastic. The about. menus are kind of like pseudo uh, silent film kind of aesthetic, but in a really clean, crisp kind of way. Huh. That I think it's really worth playing just 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 to check out the visuals and the music. Um, Man, my iPad is shoved in a bag in a corner somewhere. I don't think we fully or I have touched that device in gosh, really two months. Yeah, because you guys, you guys wow. were like living on iPads there for a little while. Well, it was that was our we full. It was really Foley's baby, and yeah. then she got an actual laptop. And uh, well, you guys I have the Mac Air now, right? Uh, well, it's that's Foley. It's Foley's laptop, and yeah. I had I pretty much lived off my touch. And uh, now that I have a phone, my touch is collecting dust, and I'm just like, um, because really, honestly, at the end of the day, it's just an internet and Twitter device for me. I don't use any sort of apps or anything like that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Other than playing Marvel Puzzle yeah, Quest, I which I phone. still suck at. <laughs> what the hell? So it is good times? Marvel Puzzle Quest? No, Puzzles. this game is ridiculous because it's, it's very much so the same uh, Puzzle Quest mechanic, except that they gate everything. Um, uh, to a certain point where you have to pay to progress. Of course, so, of course, yeah. You, um, well, no, Whatever. here's the thing. 
Like, I, I don't mind, like, the free-to-play games, the pr- freemium games, as long as you can genuinely advance just by waiting. Like, I don't give a shit if you give people, like, shortcuts to pay for. But this game, there's a certain point where you literally can't get any stronger without paying money. Yeah. Like, there's this mechanic... Sucks. Is it a one-time fee kind oh, of thing, no. or is it sort of thing where you might have to pay over and over? Exactly, it's over and over. This is this is how the game works. So uh, it's very much so like Puzzle Quest, which if you've not played, is basically an RPG, but instead of combat, you use um, basically a bejeweled match three sort of system to do combat. And depending on what you match, that affects what sort of attacks you do, and also what, eventually what some sort of powers you can unlock. So you you get your characters randomly. There there's basically a blind box system, and all of those characters you can only level them up using these purple crystals, which you can earn pretty easily in game or buy, or you can unlock new powers either by getting another blind box co- of the same character and using that to level them up, Jeez. or by paying money, and uh, it like. And depending on how powerful the character is, the more money it costs. Like, for example, like this one character I'm trying to level up, he's really, really powerful, but he's really, really rare. So the chances of me finding another of the, his, like, of, of him just organically through the blind box system is slim to none. That's, can... that's why they've outlawed, outlawed games like this in Japan, because there's anti-gambling. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, any kind of... Like, any they haven't kind of... outright outlawed them. Yeah. It's anti-gambling stuff, but they're finding ways around that pretty quick. Are all the characters that you can are they all licensed Marvel like superheroes? Yes, yeah, that's the whole game. All the characters are actual Marvel characters. I don't know if you can create your own character or anything. Yeah, it's all. I might be more interested if it was just a ripoff that was just called Marvel Puzzle Quest and it was just off-brand like (laughs) X-Men or something. Totally. So my point. So I have a really powerful character, and the only he has three abilities, each of which each each ability has five levels. The only way I can unlock those abilities or level them up is through, by either finding another of his super rare covers or paying money. Each of those levels to unlock them with money is five hundred coins, which is five bucks. What I mean, the fuck is that? do that math. That is what one character. Yes, it's uh, it's this character named Ares, who's apparently a Dark Avenger, and the God of War. Presumably. Oh, okay. But anyway, but regardless, he's my like I like his abilities and everything. But to unlock him, I would have to pay because I've been trying to just get his other covers organically, and there are ways for me to do it, but they're very very difficult. And again, I need a cover to unlock each five levels of his abilities. That's fucking retarded. And I've been playing for five days now, trying specifically doing all the things I need to do to try and get his cover without getting it once. So I could just throw down five dollars five times per level and get it too, and it's to the point where I'm like, I don't want to play, fucking play this game anymore. How did you ridiculous. end up playing this with everything else in the world to play right now? How did you end up playing that? Well, I like it's nice to have a mobile game that I can just pick up and play yeah. in a few minutes between meetings at work or on the bus or whatever. So I, um, it was free, and I liked really liked Puzzle Quest, so I downloaded it. It's some people really like this game as well. It's just to be but, fair. I, I like I, talk about. if it weren't for this mechanic, if I could just organically by being patient level up my characters, I would have no complaints. But the fact of the matter is that I cannot so, power up these powerful characters without either waiting for this really difficult to happen rare event or paying money. 
paying a lot of money. So is this a game you can beat, or is it just a game that goes on and on forever anyways? Well, what I like about it, what I think is actually kind of clever, is there is a there are a couple of main campaigns that are basically like comic book story arcs, where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, there are like seven installments of this story arc, and there's like kind of clever little dialogue and stuff, so it's very charming. But then they have like time-based events, so, like, right now, Captain America is leading, like, this global onslaught against the forces of evil. And though, so there's... Captain America now? That's strange. So there... I know, right? It's crazy. But um, there, so there, like, there's new content, like, every couple of days. Like, there's always something okay. new to do, and you can form alliances with other players. And Are and... there Robert, Robert Redford-shaped blocks? <laughs> Not yet, but uh, imagine if I pay $5, I can unlock them. Yeah. So. Scarlett Johansson's butt it just becomes an unlockable thing that you have to well, like it's to two blocks, right? Well, if you get the PC version, you might be able to mod it. <laughs> there we go. Oh man, did you guys? Marvel canon, just put Superman in there. Yeah. So okay, so you guys have not seen the new Captain America yet? I nope. have not. I'm gonna I haven't seen my the first Captain in-law. America. I can't believe how everyone is unanimously flipping out about that goddamn movie. I'm I, I'm honestly shocked. Yeah, I kind of am too. I didn't think the first one was apparent. Apparently fine, but I really didn't think the second one would be anything well, of note. Then again, the only reason I haven't even made plans to see it yet is because I know a lot of people were flipping out about that last Iron Man movie last summer, and I did see that in theaters, and I thought that movie was not terrible, but I didn't think it was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm kind of like, it. I, don't, I don't want to set myself um, up for this with this new Captain America. And then I'm not a big fan of these Marvel movies anyway, but I don't know. So the director was a yeah, director. Yeah, not my favorites. I like the Avengers one. Yeah, this is the weird thing about who made On the movie. I just didn't like it at too. all. So. Go ahead, Annie. The director directed Arrested Development and Community. Yeah, a lot. Uh, the pilots for both shows? Yeah, no, they're... they're, they're well, I guess they directed the movie Meet uh-huh. You Dupree like 10 years ago, which who the fuck cares about that movie? But now that they've like made supposedly one of the oh, man. Marvel movies, which is really goddamn weird. Wow. Yeah. It's got Robert Redford. Robert Redford is magic. No Jeez. matter who's working on the movie, if Robert Redford's in it, you know it's going to be gold. Robert Redford has to say Captain America. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. I feel so bad because Paul Newman got stuck uh, playing the thing in that Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie 15 years ago. He's 98 years old in this big rubber suit going, Err, Ben Grimm. And then he died. That still would have been a better last movie to be in than Cars. Than Cars. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> At least he wasn't in it. Yeah. He he just they just recorded it by his deathbed. They just put a microphone <laughs> next to his face. So Paul Newman, you still have two some more scenes to to to, to record. And the, the nurses say that you're not going to make it through the night. Oh, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> oh. So in other news, speaking of movies, so I caught up. My wife and I caught up on the most recent episode of Hannibal last night. Yeah. Which what the fuck? An enjoyable bunch. And I'm of only on episode two of season one, so. Oh yeah, please, no, oh, we can't talk about it. Well, I, Bill, in a perfect world, I can go I would, away for a bit if you do. Uh, in a perfect yeah. world, I would like this podcast to be something where we can talk about things without spoiling the fuck out of everyone. What are you so, spoiling the fuck? It's a Hannibal TV show that came on last night. Hey, but guess no. what? Captain America. He fights for America. He hates the Nazis. That's not a spoiler. So Hannibal, I just love how ridiculous that show keeps getting, and more so. I have not been digging this season as much as the first season, but yeah. I, 
it's, it's just, the general consensus. It seems like uh, things are going to change with the next episode, though. Like, yeah. It's going to change, which is nice. Yeah, some of the, like, yeah, uh, the, the, this... I, it's hard to talk about it without us. Well, this it. yeah, there, there's this the whole formula. season yeah. as exactly has been very clearly a transitional season to get to whatever the next like like variation of this is, as opposed to being a thing in its own right. So it which it is crazy. It's weird to hear because yeah. watching the first season, it's watching the first season. It's obviously very procedural. It it feels like the kind of thing they can just do forever. I mean, I, I, no, I'm they break that pretty quick. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you think they're gonna? That's why I was surprised. Yeah. Actually, even with the with the first episode of the second season, you kind of think maybe they're gonna try to draw it on to be more procedural forever. But no, I they kind of already know what happens in the first. Episode. They kind of go bonkers, but, yeah. but it's uh, yeah. Hannibal's interesting. There's some. There's the women characters are are officially falling apart right now, but yeah, oh well. Else is good. But to be I, fair, it's a it, show about Will Graham and Hannibal Lecter. I know that's about. supposed to be the main characters, but you know, but it's still it's it's. It's so, but because of that, we finished the episode last night, and then I was like, I have never seen The Silence of the Lambs. I've oh, never really? Seen it. Yeah. So, um, I huh. uh, just threw it on Netflix. Andy, and... that's a spoiler. You're jumping ahead. Oh, now I get your joke. Okay. <laughs> no, I've never seen. Okay. I've never seen the Science of Labs, so I threw it on last night, and yeah. I was worried it was going to be one of those movies where um, it would be totally defanged by having just lived in a culture that is where it's so part of the canon. No, that like, movie is deeply... Cr- it's more about the mood than any kind of plot stuff in that movie. Well, I will say this. Hannibal Lecter was entirely defanged. Like, Hannibal Lecter was an interesting character, but the least interesting part of that movie for me, just because... But yeah. he's also not really the main villain either, so he's, I don't think the movie depends on that. He's... he Yeah, no, I agree. But ultimately, every single one of his lines I have heard quoted a bunch of times. Like So many times. Like, Anthony Hopkins' whole performance, I've seen spoof so many times that it totally yeah. had no impact whatsoever. But what I really enjoyed about that movie, and what was great about watching it, having not seen it before, is that that is the only part of that movie that's riffed on. Like, people only riff on Hannibal. So every single non-Hannibal part of that movie, well, with the exception of some Buffalo Bill stuff, was a total surprise to me. Oh, that's true. Would you you fuck me? I love Buffalo Bill cracks me up. Not not only because of how it's made after that character. I was my I was conceived during a screening of that film. That has me being called Bill. That was twenty years early. It is true. Oh my god, that character, dear god. What Buffalo Bill? Some really wonderful, uh, like queer and trans representation right there. Dear lord, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, of course you did it. I bet that movie's kind of gross. Well, even aside from that, also the, the 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 actor's performance is so like. He he's kind of he's really kind of slow and kind of talk a lot of this and just kind of like. Ugh. He reminded me of the pie house rat from Brick. There's something about the way he talks. I can kind of see that, yeah. Exactly. And his face is he's yeah. definitely they're the same kind of Pokemon. The most disturbing part Pokemon of that movie to me when Clarice is going to see Hannibal for the first time in the jail cell. It's it's what is it? One of the uh, one of the other guys in the jail cell next to Hannibal like shouts out, "I can smell your cunt." Yeah. Or something like that. Yep. They're just like, that guy's a gross asshole. I did not know there was going to be Jism in that movie. Wait, <laughs> yes, that same character. I watched the TV edit, so I may have missed some things. 
Yeah, uh, that's well, gonna be a different experience. I'll tell you all this. Blog? Maybe I thought that was like gravy or something. I didn't realize that's supposed to be chism. The I could smell your cunt guy, as she is walking by him, he jerks off in her face and throws jism in her face. Did she dodge it? No, it gets on her face. That's some aim. Remember that. My my wife and I had this long conversation about what exactly do you use for TV or for movie jism? What would you use in 1989? Cinnamon That's milk and cornstarch. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, Yeah. but anyway, no, I really found that movie fascinating because that movie was um, obviously primarily it's a. I would know. There we go. Anything about that? Primarily, that movie is obviously a kind of crime movie about this, uh, this, uh, and the relationship between them. But I really enjoyed this movie because it was so much about the male gaze and how the. Oh yeah, no, that that that's that's a huge part of that movie, yeah. And and, and, and this this lady trying to figure that out. Yeah, and it was just fascinating. I had no idea that that was like you could really do like a double feature, weirdly, of Silence and the Lambs and Paprika. Because they're both, oh yeah, they're both about women trying to do like a very particular thing in spite of the men around them, where the men all perceive them to be a different creature whatsoever. See, that's what I'm kind of curious to see what they do with Hannibal, assuming Hannibal ever gets a chance to survive to its Silence of the Lambs uh, season. They would have the, the formula that, uh, well, I mean, so Will Graham would no longer be a character. You'd have to make it about whatever. It'd have to be about yeah, Peter Starling or the that. shows of Poland. kill him off and then get a Jodie Foster replacement. Well, no, he's supp- Will Graham's supposed to exist in, that, in, 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 in the Silence of the Lambs thing. Well, not kill him off, but get up. him off. As but yeah, I don't know. You'd have to, like, the show, would, like, the entire dynamic of the show would have to change. And even Hannibal Lecter would, be, would if they were to follow the book, would actually become less of a character. Actually, the two main characters would actually become a bit... One character would ha- almost have to entirely disappear, and the other character would just suddenly become a supporting character. And they would, I like, Annie, who would you cast for Hannibal's Cleary Starling? Well, see, it's hard to say because it'd have Jennifer to be. Jennifer Warrens. No, because it would have to be someone who's. Jim Arden. It would have to be someone okay, who's. <laughs> Keep going, Jacob. <laughs> no, it'd have to be someone. I can't name any other actresses. That's the thing. Time. It'd have to be someone who is reasonably young in a few years. I don't know any baby faced actresses who could be Clarice Starling in a few years. That kind of does limit it to Jennifer Warrens. Well, no, because she'll be too old in a few Will years. You? Yes. I think she'll look young enough. What about Dana Klumski? No, I'm I'm tired of they look young enough. I want actual okay. yeah, I want an actual young person to play uh, Clarice Starling. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I was not expecting Jodie Foster's accent in that movie either. By the way, that was unexpected. West Virginian accent mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was really unexpected. They filmed that movie nope. in Pittsburgh, so whenever I watch that, it's a total like like it's I, I have like I that just eh, that movie lives in my blood in a weird kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I watched that movie and I'm like, oh well, it's oh, that's that's where I spent all my Saturday. Like, oh she when she goes to visit the guy who's the expert on the moths, she the the. The Natural History Museum she's walking through is the same Natural History Museum. That dinosaur hall. Uh-huh. I spent uh, four hours uh, every Saturday for uh, for five years hanging oh, out. Oh, really? Also, while they were filming that movie. Uh, so I'm like, oh man. Anyway, so but yeah, no. So so, did you like the movie? I did. I really enjoyed it, and I liked the thing they did with the oddly with the cinematography, which I wasn't expecting to, where they do a lot of shots where it's a, a really tight shot close in of someone's face with a lot with a lot of deep focus 
Okay. Like to the point where sometimes like the focus will be a little off and like there are some shots where Hannibal Hannibal's eyes are in focus but his mouth is slightly out of focus. Exactly, yeah. And like it's it's just a very clever way to just kind of force that this uh, force the reminder that this movie is all about people's perceptions of themselves and mm-hmm. like reality rather than actual reality. I it was very very enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, and if you is... like that, you might actually check out. You might actually check out the um, sequel, Red Dragon. I watched that like years ago, though, so don't quote me on this being a good movie. But if you can find <laughs> it streaming somewhere, I did enjoy well, it. Isn't just the Ridley Scotts? Keep your expectations low. Ridley yeah. Scott directed one of the sequels to the, the might that be. bullshit. I thought the weakest part of the whole movie was the serial killer stuff, personally. Like I thought, yeah. that was where the movie. No, that's what I'm saying. It's more think, of a character. I actually piece. think Red Dragon did. Silence of the Lambs is more of a character piece. Yeah. 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 Why do they call it the Silence of the Lambs? Why don't they call it the Screaming of the Lambs? Also. Yeah. What's up with that? What's up with know. that? Huh? Because the lambs are silenced after they're screaming. True. There we go. How, how do you paint them off? What the fuck is that? <laughs> so. Anyway, so yeah, finally saw. Well, the Silence you're gonna of need lambs. some paint, and you're gonna need a reference photo. <laughs> you man, that guy's dance. His like dance. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that has to just be so offensive. I would fuck me. It's pretty terrible. No, Bill, it's terrible. That movie did not to be like one of the only mainstream depictions of oh, yeah, a, some true. a self-identifying trans or queer you know, person. They announced uh, well, supposedly news I came mean, out this that, week that there's going to be another Goonies movie, which actually people what? started pointing out about. Yeah, that's a whole. It's not oh, going to yeah, happen. Yeah. This is something that happens almost like twice a year, uh, is 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 rumors of a Goonies uh, sequel, but. Uh, People start pointing out like, oh, like I, I used to love Goonies as a kid, but now I go back and watch it now, it's like horribly racist, and I'm like, I can kind of see that. Just because like the Asian kid is so I, like so weirdly Asian and like, there's no black kid. So it was an '80s movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. It was a movie from the '80s. Oh yeah. Anyway, Silence so Lambs. Wow. It's offensive. I know, right? So uh, the other thing I did this week Miyazaki's? was like. I continue to be stuck on uh, the Burial at Sea Part 2 DLC. In a good way or a bad way? Oh, man. I just cannot get it up for that DLC. I was so excited about it because I really wanted to play Despite the fact it's Dishonored and you're playing as Elizabeth? Well, like, I I was really excited about just being able to play Elizabeth, but the the, kind of the MacGuffin and the setting and everything is, A, so deliberately disconnected from the first DLC. It's weird to call it part one and two. Yeah. And B, it's just, I don't know, there's something about it that is not compelling or interesting at all. I just can't give a shit also to be a a, a woman who is not terrible like is not terribly and a lot of it is my own built-in misogyny too where i as a woman often feel underpowered and weak and like feel vulnerable yeah. so it is not necessarily enjoyable for me to play a game that's all about power and being powerful and frankly sometimes being overpowered to then be given a clunky stealth mechanic that doesn't work very well and yeah. and you know to be i don't know to be then and then I'm just another weak woman in a world that hates me and wants to kill me and it's just not as Compelling or interesting as I wanted it to be. Okay, fuck Bioshock. Well, it sounds like you might be better off not 
finishing it because I've heard that a it tries to retcon some of the racial problems that the Bioshock Infinite <laughs> had sure. instead of coming out and saying hey. I'm sorry this was offensive. I understand. I'll try not to do this. I hope you can forgive me. Like an adult person would do. Wait, how, does it, how, did, how is it supposed to retcon some of the racial stuff? I, I don't want to I want to play it. I Billy. can't say it without spoiling. <laughs> I'm just going to say that that happens. And then I hear one more thing that's worth noting, I think, is that uh, there's a torture scene involving... Elizabeth, at some point in that game? Uh, and it's a little rapey, apparently? Uh, I don't know if it's a little rapey because it's a torture scene involving a woman or if it's specifically designed to be that way. But The only way, the easiest way to torture Elizabeth, you go up there and say, you know what, Paris sucks. <laughs> Paris is for assholes. What is what is what is the what is the disorder like that what is it where what is it called where Japanese people are fixed like Japan as a culture is fixated with Paris and then yeah, they actually go to that, Paris yeah. and it's oh, so yeah. upsetting that it's like a severe depression follows to the point that there's an actual like mental like uh, diagnosis around it. Yeah, well, because, I've heard yeah, of that. Yeah, Paris being one of the rudest uh, uh, places on the planet. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> I feel bad for those guys. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, okay, uh, Infamous Second Son. Tell me about. Well, hold on. I did want to say this real quick. I did like that um, Bioshock. The the only thing that I really did like about this DLC so far, well, there are three things. One, uh, Elizabeth has chipped nail polish, which I do enjoy. It's a nice okay. little detail. Two, they nice they touch. riff on her kind of looking like Belle at the sort of the start of the Bioshock Infinite, which oh, I kind okay. of enjoy. Oh, really? Okay, that's I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Well. And, if Yes, I'm not gonna if they say make a joke about how she looks a bit like Belle. I'll forgive the whole race stuff. Is she talking stuff to a No, there's just this dorky bit where like people around her are going, "Oh bonjour, bonjour, bonjour." <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. That's kind of cute, actually. At yeah. some point, I'm gonna play that. I need to. I need to get that game that's over hilarious. with. I need to have some kind of closure. And so at some point, when that's on sale for five bucks, I'll probably end up buying it. But and three, you find uh, an adult theater. In the game, and there's I posted it on Twitter, but there's a big poster of a pornographic film called Big Daddy. <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, see that. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. That. It makes me so happy. Was it a film or was it a, a paperback book? Because I thought I saw someone tweet. It's a romance it's a novel cover with that. What is it? Well, I was making, I was making a joke. I was making a joke that it was going to be the first of my romance, erotic. My my like. Uh, okay, okay. Actually, I got confused. Erotic. Is it like a big burly guy, like lumberjack guy, with like a dildo? Why would he be a? Why would he be a lumberjack? Bill? What do you think, big bad? I think I am. I He's mean, big, big daddy. I imagine him being like a big bear, not just a dude in a. It's a guy in a diver suit. Yeah, he's a big like daddy, Bill. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's the whole thing. Get he's it? a big daddy. Uh, uh, he's going to protect you from all the splicers. That's right, girl. Vaginally. Butt splicers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. Anyway, I've been pl- speaking of games that don't real that aren't really compelling me. I'm also playing Infamous Second Son. <laughs> so you how far did you get in? I, How far into it did you get? Um, I haven't got very far. I just found uh, what's her name, Jennifer Bailey's character. Like I just Bailey. Jennifer Bailey did the voice of my favorite boss in Saints Row. Oh, right. and she's okay, also okay. in. She played um Lust on Full Metal Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in the uh, Dawn Guard as um Vampire Lady. Yeah, Serena, what her name is. Uh, Yes, she was um, Lucina in uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. She's been in everything. Okay, okay, okay. Basically. Uh, and oh, this, she plays she... a character named Fetch. 
yeah, that's it, Fetch. Very well, I might add. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think she's great. But, yeah, there's something about that game. I think it's between your, the protagonist being an asshole and um, the there's not a whole lot to do. Like, the, it's this, this sandbox environment where yeah. there's not a lot of ways to interact with the sandbox. Yeah. It's just very easy for me to stop playing. Which powers do you have? I barely am into it. I only have the smoke powers, and I just got the neon powers. Okay. By smoke yep. powers, you just have the power to take a smoke break. <laughs> you don't have full fledged smoke powers. Yeah. I, it you know feels what? like it's... it. It's not very. It's not very useful when you're playing a good character. I'm playing. I I went back and played a little bit of an evil character, and it was much better there, though. Well, I gotta say, I love. It's. I was trying to explain to Foley because we were starting up this game. And she's like, "Oh, well, you should play Renegade." And I was trying to explain to her, I'm like, "No, baby, this is no, a that's game not where Renegade. It's, it's not Paragon Renegade. It is. Yeah, no, it's goody two shoes or you is... murder babies. Do you help that's... this old lady cross the street, or do you? eat kittens exactly. or revolutionary... do, you make... yeah. do you make the old lady eat kittens that's <laughs> well that's a revolutionary thing about the mass effects paragon renegade system is that you're still playing as a good guy it's well, just the, different the, the evil ends yeah. of the good guy spectrum it's not yet it's not save the kitten or, or, or it's not it's not shoot the kitten or save the send the kitten to college it's you're still fighting for the kitten but it's do you just... Han Solo versus um patrick stewart from star trek there you go yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Yeah, I'm second side of some balls on your lips. So it's not you. it's not balls on my lips per se. I would not say I would rate it in any sort of testicular way. But it's, it's just not you're not sticking to it. I'm just it's very easy for me to stop playing, which surprised me because normally those sorts of games scratch a very particular itch for me. It's where I just want to go through and tick all the boxes and do and just beat the shit out of people. And you can do that pretty quick. You can tick all those boxes in about three hours and then go for the story stuff. Yeah. I finished it. I actually really liked it. Uh-huh. I thought the story itself isn't great, but it's very well done. It's mm-hmm. very well acted. The dialogue yes. is a little iffy in spots, but overall pretty good. Uh, the story is standard comic book origin stuff. Right. It does it drops a few things like the whole surveillance state, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't really get addressed, really, right. after a certain right. point. But it looks great. It controls very well, yeah. I found. I don't know. Uh, I, the powers I, I are think, fun. Yeah. I don't know. I, I find I find the controls to be a little clud, like a little kludgy. Like they're not they're not quite connected. Maybe no, when I'm, I'm ridiculously playing. overpowered. Once you get neon and you can just climb up walls. Yeah. That's when it really that's where when it gets a little better cuz it's it's kind of a these are the same people who made the Sly Cooper games, which, by the way, if you haven't played, they uh, up those for the PS3. They look great. They play well. About a lot of games, fun. I yeah. recommend them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you can get it for like 20 bucks. I recommend that and the uh, Ratchet and Clank games, too. Anyways, they made those, and the way those worked is that you just stuck to certain points. Right. They would sign, and then you would climb up those. You know, it's, it worked for the PS2, and they just kind of used that engine up until Infamous. They It's a modified version of that engine, from what I understand. Okay. So in previous games, you really stuck to things. You really, really stuck to things. Yeah. It was super hard to actually get off of anything. Right. So this is a, this is a huge improvement. Though I do miss um, Infamous Two had this um, kind of grappling hook power, where you could just grapple to the side of any building and almost instantly climb up it. And I kind of miss that in this game. Yeah. That was fun. Okay, so is that Infamous uh, Seconds on Talk? <laughs> yes, Bill. I, what does Bill want to talk about? This yeah. is my Klingon goddamn gavel coming down saying, "Hey, you know what, Andy? Tell me about why you like Grand Budapest Hotel." Uh. 
It was, uh, I felt it was the, I talked about this in the most recent Ladylike, so I feel we were talking about it at length again, but I thought it was the first Wes Anderson movie where, um, uh, where his aesthetics matched his storytelling. Um, I feel like, uh, one of the things I never liked about Wes Anderson movies is that I felt very disconnected from how it looked to the story he told and how he told it. Mm -hmm. And I think that Grand Budapest Hotel being kind of a fairy tale sort of story, all of a sudden his high style, um, characters and costuming and cinematography and all of that very much so matched it. Also, all the more so for being a... Per, uh, be ostensibly the point of view of a person reading a book written by a person who was writing the story of a person remembering their childhood. Like I thought yeah. the framing device so and an everything. Sequel? I'm sorry, what was that, Jacob? So it's an Inception sequel? More or less. But I think okay. I think that uh, I think that that framing device in the world made all the aesthetics and visuals of Wes Anderson make sense. And I really enjoyed it. It reminded me a lot of the Princess Bride book, of all things, and that it was the same sort of. So I haven't seen that movie. Uh, I, the movie's great. The book is one of my favorite books of all time. The book and, is goddamn fantastic. Yeah, the yeah. book the is all as good as the movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, the book is all about a person. Uh, retelling a fairy tale from their childhood, so, essentially, but from an adult's point of view. And I thought that the grand that they half remember. Well, it, it's it's more complicated than that. But yeah, it's I don't know. I thought right. I thought it was the most effective like use of Wes Anderson's oeuvre. Bill, I'm 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 taking from the fact that you prompted me that you hated it. Oh fuck it! I thought it was some bullshit. <laughs> this whole time I got no. I I, you really? know, I how does it end? Because I missed it. Because I got kicked. Because I was screaming about Annie Maloney done lied to me. Annie Mal- <laughs> and it, yeah, no, I, I got dragged out in handcuffs. No, uh, see, that's I've always because my first Wes Anderson movie I ever saw was Rushmore, and that uh-huh. movie ends with a big goofy Wes Anderson play uh-huh. that, for some reason, yeah. uh, I, I've always interpreted every Wes Anderson movie since then as kind of just being a big Wes Anderson schoolhouse play production uh-huh. especially as his movies gotten more and more fey and more ridiculous and more kind of like mock theatrical um but yeah no the the yeah this is definitely the first Wes anderson movie where the uh kind of theatrical theatricality is put no context that makes sense where yeah it is it's a story being re- uh it's a story being recalled by an old man to an author that is later being read by someone like 30 years later and uh, yeah, no, it's and and it's also interesting because it's not really uh, from the trailers. It looks like the Grand Budapest Hotel is some kind of crazy whodunit crime caper, and it's actually more of kind of like a. Well, I, it's it's funny, but it's kind of like this like this thing that's mourning a kind of a place in time rather than anything yeah. about a specific character. Yeah, kind of interesting. Mm. Um, I don't know, and uh, they make great use of Ray Fiennes. He's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I could see I saw how an it... article um called. Called um, Wes Anderson characters can't walk in diagonals anymore. Oh yeah, no, yeah. That was that was pretty funny. I I don't remember much about the article, but I thought that was a great headline. And um, well, that's the, if Wes... you really like the kind of um, the kind of uh, fairy tale element of uh, this movie, you might check out Fantastic Mr. Fox because I, I that was my first Wes Anderson movie, and I love that movie. But like I, I said, I, I can't, really like I can't remove that movie from what I know about how it was made. I don't yes, think I could. That's exactly the same here. I just want to punch that movie in the you face. You know, I can't. 
Yeah. I can't find anything about how that movie was made. I've heard rumors. I've I have the criter- the Criterion Collection it isn't. Like I can't actually find anything even on that really about how the movie's made. There's very few interviews. What I've seen with people, they seem to be fine and the thing about people saying that this movie well they were horrible to the animators and all that. I follow a lot of animators on Twitter and a lot of them follow me. That's not just Wes Anderson. Oh, no, that's absolutely. Not, that's not just him. See, it's, an it's the whole industry. Like, it's I don't care about the few people up and spits them out, but that's, yeah. it's more the like when that, you are on another continent. Yeah, the fact that he's credited as being yeah. the director of well, that I movie, mean, and he almost never showed up to the set to actually see what was going on with that movie, he is not a fucking director. Even uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is named, sad nickel name, is Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton had almost had nothing have to do with him other than the story. Yeah. At least Henry Selleck, the guy who was actually ground, boots on the ground directing that movie, at least he was credited with directing that movie. Yeah. It would be something well, that they I mean, called it's it's Wes Anderson's movie. Fantastic Mr. Fox and then actually gave whoever directed that movie the credit for that. But you can't direct an animated film by just checking in with your iPhone every, like every well, I mean, what's he supposed to, say, to hey, really do there if he's there all day? What's he supposed to do? No, no. To direct no, the animation. Animation. I mean, you're directing that's animation. That's an entirely different skill set than being no. sort of. If you're director. directing animation. You're direct. You're either directing the animation or you're not there, and you're just a producer. Yeah, that, it's that's like. What it down. I, get, I mean, that's I a fair point, but I think that's. I get what you're saying in that you like. But if this you're... seems to me. Yes. So, okay, okay. Two, two, two against one. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Regardless of its merits as a film, fuck Wes Anderson for. Christmas. I think it's worth seeing. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I think. Yeah. If I could, if I could blank out everything I knew and just view it as a piece of art that it well, is, but it's also, all those things right yeah, now. Most I, of it I, isn't stop much. animated, but it's midgets and suits, kind of like acting <laughs> turkey jerky. That's kind of fucked up the midgets. Yeah. Um. That's anyway. So one more point I want to make is, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. One more point is that I think I think a lot of this has a problem is is a problem with the distinction in the way films are credited. I think yeah, it's probably it probably would be fair to list the guy who's doing the day to day stuff as a co director or something on that movie. But yeah, like it's yeah yeah I agree it's it's a little messed up. Um, I will say that in the special features I have seen Wes Anderson is in there going okay so. This is how I want this, blah, blah, typical director stuff. He, This is obviously a Wes Anderson movie. There's no denying that. Like, it's definitely a movie he made. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I can see how that might influence how you feel about the film. That's fair. It's like it's one of those things yeah. where, like, I wish I didn't know how much Catherine Ross hated being involved in Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Yeah, exactly, but I'm yeah. glad I found that out after falling in love with the movie, because if I knew it beforehand, it would have totally colored my experience. Andy, you might want to give Wes Anderson's first movie, Bottle Rocket, a spin sometime, because it's it's if you were watching it, you would have a real hard Louise time. Wes Anderson-esque of. Yeah. yeah. You would have a hard time even understanding, like, even knowing From that was a Wes Anderson-directed movie until the credits popped up the other thing, because that was before he had the big enough mud, uh, budget and enough uh, clout to kind of do the thing where the camera's always locked off and everything's kind yeah. of It actually looks like, it, it's a movie that actually takes place in the real world. It's right. about mental illness and all kinds of stuff like that. It's, 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 but it's still kind of cute and whimsical, but it's not quite so twee as everything else that he's doing. Yeah. Wait, Bill, hold um, on. I'm confused. Did you, did you really not like uh, Grand Budapest Hotel? Uh, uh, no, I, 
I, I thought it was Charles. No, it's it's okay if you did it. I thought no, I, I really it. have no ego wrapped up. I in. was expecting a little bit more based off of so many people flipping out about it, but I yeah. liked it. I, I was a good time. I saw that I saw a double feature of that and Noah in the same day afternoon, and I was so wow. punch drunk by both movies. By the end of the day, I didn't know what to think about anything, much less about <laughs> how good or bad anything was in the world anymore. So, um, Bill, what did you think of Noah, my friend? Noah is batshit crazy, and everyone should go see it. <laughs> Do you have any uh, uh, temptation to go see that movie, Annie? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go see it. If nope. you want to go see it, you should definitely go see it on the big screen, just because it it deserves to be seen on the big screen and all of its batshit craziness. I don't think it would be quite as entertaining on a small screen, because its its batshit insanity is worth just. It's I fuck that. Yeah. Movie. I don't even talk about it because there's stuff in that movie that I was glad I didn't know was gonna yeah. happen until yeah. I saw where I was like, really? They're gonna they're gonna this is wait this is a thing. Like, okay, yeah. well, I guess that, that's what this movie's doing. That's amazing. And, yeah. It was worth yeah. every uh, thing I've heard about that movie. To see it. What was that? Uh, the only thing I've heard about that movie is people complaining about how they, they don't use the word God in this movie. Like, well, that's the least. If that's the only thing you take away from that movie, what the fuck is like, wrong with yeah. your heart? Is this the movie? Is this stuff? You know what? Everything else aside, even the quality of the film, whatever, Darinowski, who gives you should said, Jennifer Connelly, Holy shit. Yep. Jennifer Conley, still hot. Okay, and... I have to go see that movie because my wife always, my wife and I share a lot of the same boners. And one that she does not share is Jennifer Conley because she, quote unquote, according to Foley, she has such has... face on her face. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a perfect statement. Of I'm not even agreeing with her. I know, I mean, just like, every time you re- recollect that, I can hear Foley's voice just be, her being like, yeah. She got bitch mates. Yeah, and it's like and the thing is, is that she she <laughs> believes this so firmly, and that is the first thing that she says whenever we discuss Jennifer Conley. That uh, just like, all right, Foley. But in the trailer for Noah, that was the first time where Foley is like, okay, Jennifer Conley doesn't have so much bitch face. <laughs> even aside from the fact that Jennifer Conley's hot, I don't want to boil it down to just oh, she's a hot lady. I want to bone her. It's it's not even about that, but also the fact that she's she's older. She's like forty five, but she's phenomenally attractive. But she's also just very good, and mm-hmm. she's just like, man, even, it, it, sounds, it sounds like one of those things where it's not even one of those things where I want to have sex with Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. I just want to procreate with Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> like, if you're going to wipe out all of humanity and I only have one woman left life. to re- reproduce humanity, you get 45-year-old Jennifer Connelly. You try right. to make her pregnant. She's even, even her hands are kind of like, she's turning <laughs> older, and she's even kind of like got the like the older lady's hands with kind of the veins and stuff like that, but still like, I'm just like, oh man, those I just want to... Are they dick rubbing hands, Bill? Oh, they're dick rubbing hands. <laughs> she got dick rubbing hair. She got dick rubbing face. She got dick. Do rubbing you really hair. not understand what I mean when I say dick no! rubbing? No, you explain this concept to me. There is, it's, it's a body part that's so good you just want to rub your dick on it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like in a blow a blowjob lips, you know. I feel like I should be more surprised that a lesbian has introduced me to this term. <laughs> No, I feel that's like the other thing. That's kind of confounding, too. <laughs> this would be more of a surprise to me. I don't know if this is an actual phrase or if it's just something that Foley and I came up it with. Works, it works, though. I, I get the gist it of it. It is now. Well, uh, fucking Hermione Granger in it, and she can actually kind of act. <laughs> and and it's, it's not in a way where I'm just like, oh, yeah, I got a boner for Emma Watson, but it's it's like, you know, she actually holds her own. This is this the villain to go see to learn that his boner could discern valid acting abilities. 
Yeah, whereas like my boner was quiet. My boner, instead of like being at attention and like raging, it just gave a quiet nod. I was like, yes, I respect you. I respect your craft, Emma Watson. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's funny because it it is about it's Russell Crowe and Jennifer Connelly on a boat, and I, the half the time I was like, man, if only it was Jennifer Connelly's husband instead it would be perfect master uh, master and commander prequel oh yeah paul bettany yeah yeah paul bettany yeah and then paul bettany was in the trailer for some what the fuck was that oh have you seen the trailers for this jude law movie dom dom henningway no you gotta look up the trailer for this because i think it's gonna, it. you'll think it's gonna be cute jude law plays an east end british gangster kind of like almost like a character i'm sure everyone's describing it. it's almost like a character out of a out of a Guy Ritchie movie, ends up in jail, but then he comes out, and then he's got to make good with his daughter and all this stuff. It seems like a cute movie. There was a trailer before that. Oh, he got nice chops in That's it. what I'm saying. I oh, saw that, that, was, that yeah. was my favorite part about uh, the uh, 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 Grand Budapest Hotel was Jude Law's mustache. Yeah. My wife only has a crush on Jude Law when he has a mustache. Yeah, so I think you guys might want to watch this movie and check it out sometime. The, the trailer looked very cute. Uh, I'm watching the trailer for that before Grand Budapest Hotel. I was like, yeah, this this seems like an Annie and the Annie and the Foley movie. Yeah. So, but yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, so just one quick question before we move on from the topic of movies. Do you know who made the Fantastic Mr. Fox? I was thinking about this earlier. I don't know what studio made that movie. I think it was just a bunch of people from Europe that uh, – that that uh got together for the movie. I'm not, yeah. European animation seems to be much less monolithic. It's not okay. so much like yeah. this studio. Well, it's not quite. It's not unionized. It's not yeah. like the same. Yeah. It's not like the way you would say. Well, yeah. this is a light. Oh, I bet you that has a lot to do with the way that movie's made too. Yeah, it's yeah. like it, and also like okay. every every an, a European animated film I've seen, at least traditionally animated, it's very rarely like, oh, this studio. Like for example, Ernest and Celestine. It's not really from the studio that brought you. No, it's from like the eighteen different studios that were banded together to make. Hey, did you see that's that's in Portland now? Yeah, yeah, it's at the Fox Tower. Yeah, yeah I, I want to fly in make my a garage. Yeah, I want to make a double feature of that and uh, The Wind Rises. It's really worth seeing on the big screen. Mm, that's, yeah. that's just a beautiful movie. I can't wait to see it on the big screen myself and not just not, an internet dumpster. Yeah, I'm not quite sure if it's uh, uh, subbed or... I think it is. I, I think it's excuse me. I think it's dubbed because they're making a big deal out of the English language cast they have. Oh, uh, which is kind of a shame because I like the the French voices. Yeah, it's kind of like Paul Giamatti. And yeah. Also, any practice reading I can get is always a good thing because I'm not that bright. <laughs> See, I think we've talked about this in the past. Where I would much rather just watch an animated movie than yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, that's that's my, the my Ernest has to have just the right voice. Who does the voice for the bear? Because that's I very. I think it's Forrest Whitaker. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I can live with that. Should be wrong. Yeah, of course, what are you gonna do? Yeah. How did I confuse those two? <laughs> so what know. else? But yeah, Annie, gotta go, you gotta I'm go sure see Noah in the big screen, please. Even I will. If a, even if it's in a dollar theater. I will. I promise. Also, my wife actually wants to go see that one, so I promise. Yeah, for Jennifer Conley, man. Oh my gosh, she got like windswept hair, and she all kind of dirty, but then she's got these eyes. Bill, and, Bill, like, call oh. it what it is, dick-swept hair, all right? Dick swept. Oh, <laughs> I think, yeah, but it's not windswept, it's God trying to rub his dick on her monster. hair. a monster. <laughs> Let's talk about how women are objectified in the film and game I industry. Know, this, this movie was not country women's right. See, well, it's funny like because I'm a feminist, feminist aggressively objectifying Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> I, mean, 
I have to send her a note after this, even though she'll never hear this. I'm gonna say, Jennifer Connelly, I'm just sorry for everything I've ever done to you. I don't know, Bill. Remember the one time that Amy Hennig listened to our podcast yeah. somehow? <laughs> Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. How you doing? You picked a weird studio to work with. Jennifer Connelly should be the hero of your Star Wars game. <laughs> hey, See, that uh... would get me to play that. A female lead hey. in that Star Wars game? Hey, Jacob, uh, what? tell us about Saga. Saga is really good. Um, what can I say about Saga? Do you know who Fiona Staples is? I only know of her as the artist of Saga. Okay, well, she's the artist of Saga. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's written by Brian K. Vaughn from um, Why the Last Man and mm-hmm. Two Episodes of Lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really good. It's kind of what I wanted out of um, The Walking Dead, that kind of continual kind of soap opera-esque uh-huh. storyline thing. But it's it's structured like a traditional print comic, but otherwise it's more webcomic-esque in the way, way it is. The um, sci-fi world is very much anything goes. There's mm-hmm. magic, because why not? There's... Um, Android dudes who look suspiciously like Toe from Evan Dom's Rice Boy. Ah. That's a little odd, if but I, whatever. If I may ask, it's... Jacob, why, what makes you think of it as a webcomic-esque? Well, there's a certain there's a certain aesthetic to um, print comics. There's a kind of generic, very... It feels like everyone who works on a comic has gone to art school, like they were in that traditional way of doing art, mm-hmm. and it's and it's that house style, mm-hmm. is, I guess is what I'm trying to think of. Every every imprint has its house style, and this doesn't feel like that. It feels okay. like they're doing whatever they want, basically. They're just sure. throwing whatever they want at it in the way someone who's working on a web comic and doesn't have to, you know, whatever so can do that. It feels like it didn't have to so. pass through some sort of like uh like industry like uh standard check where it's just like something yes. sort of little weird and little different that's slipped through. Right. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. So it's got that it's it's a really nice looking comic. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's it is more structured than a webcomic. It's obvious that Fiona Staples has worked on traditional comics since you can because you know you gotta get a lot of pages out if you're making an issue every month. You yeah. know, you gotta be able not to turn it out, but you got to work on a schedule. And it's obvious that this is how that works. And, and that's fine. And um, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> it's uh, all I keep going. Yeah. going. It'll keep going. I should really prepare for this more. <laughs> no, this so, is a boy Hattie podcast. There is no preparation. This is the house of, uh, no, what was I saying? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's about this um two cut co- this couple from two different warring planets uh-huh. you know they're they're constantly going on it's like the super nationalistic blah 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 you don't want to hang out with those moonies and those whatever the other people are that i can't remember because it wasn't mentioned in the last issue i read uh and they and they get together because of this awful just awful romance novel mm-hmm. that the um female protagonist read and then she and then she's on the battlefield and she rescues this guy on the battlefield and they fall in love at first sight. And then the first um page of the comic is her giving birth to their child. And it's like, Oh god, this hurts. No one told me about this. Why did we do this? No, no, why did we do this? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the tone for the entire comic. Fair enough. They're 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 going on this grand quest and they're gonna do all this and then reality just keeps getting in the way. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I keep hearing good things about it. It's it's really good. I highly recommend it. It's interesting because it's the sort of comic that a lot of my uh, friends and acquaintances who aren't necessarily into comics keep recommending to me. 
you know, which is, yeah, I, I've noticed that a lot too. And it, it's not superhero comic and it's not, it's its own thing. Well, you I just know have very to read few this. people you don't have to read are anything. into, I know pretty much no one who's into superhero comics. Like most of my peers are in kind of more the indie or, or, or at least not mainstream yeah, comics yeah. scene. And it's interesting. Probably it's like all of my, good, yeah. yeah, all of my pals who are like kind of more just general genre readers, like just general sci-fi and fantasy readers. Those are the people who are recommending Saga to me, which is just interesting. Like just for whatever reason, whatever in it that appeals to non-comics readers is kind of intriguing to me. So I should partake. Yeah, it's kind of, it's um, it kind of reminds me of Terry Pratchett in a certain way. I can't really mm -hmm. describe how that works, but if you've read Terry Pratchett, you can mm -hmm. probably mm -hmm. kind of piece together what I mean. Um, the other the other comic I read is um, I read this this weird little comic about vampires. Um, it's, it's some Twilight ripoff. It's called Bite Me by uh, Dylan McConus. I read some of that. That's pretty good. I don't know. Good. That, sounds, that uh -oh. sounds pretty. That's a terrible title. I don't know. That sounds pretty. Uh, yeah, that's shady. awful. That's just, it's terrible. I don't know who this dude who wrote this is, but I don't know right, why Jacob. I back that Kickstarter. All right, Jacob. I enjoyed your show. The fuck is that shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really like that. Yeah, no, I, uh... You know, I didn't, I backed it for Outfox, not Bite Me, but I'm glad I got Bite Me in the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, so, uh, uh, Bill, tell me about the Jim Henson Challenge. I'm glad you finally remember what the title is. How, oh, how, how do you feel? Well, yeah, I had to look it up a couple times, so the second episode came out. Have neither of you guys watched this yet? Nope. Amy, how is... I have not a Muppets fan. Annie, how has Brenna not made you watch this yet? Because Brenna's relationship with the Muppets is very personal. We talked about this. I and I'm allergic to reality TV. No, the, the, uh, yeah. this is gentle. Enough. You know what? I didn't realize this is actually produced by the Jim Henson Company, too. It's not just like... Uh, I mean, it's, They're it's, pretty it's careful about their brand. Yeah, it, it's on the Sci-Fi Network, but it's... Yeah, I was kind of surprised that the actual people from the Muppet company are the ones actually producing the show um yeah I, I actually like even though i've only watched one episode because it was free on amazon uh prime um i actually bought it was it's 15 bucks on itunes for the whole season i have no idea how long the season's supposed to last though uh but considering that they're, get, they're supposed to be kicking off one person per uh, episode and there's like 13 people so at least the, sh the show's gonna go on for like 13 episodes anyway second episode came out this week the challenge was everyone had to build their own skexies Oh yeah. What? Uh, in three that's days. That's yeah, and uh, their Skeksis each 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 team their Skeksis. I don't like how he had... just said yeah to that. That scares me. <laughs> yeah, no Skeksis. That's uh, for the Dark Crystal. Oh okay. I have oh, seen that. That's you don't forever. know about Muppets. You really don't know what's up with Muppets. I have a wife. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> Bill, where's the boot button? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the shit in Jacob's mouth? I, sp I have to go play more Final Fantasy X. Excuse me. I, have I need to go watch 17-year-olds in skimpy bikinis run around collecting spears in Final Fantasy X. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Which, by the uh, way, I played that. I would get that for 20 bucks. I don't know if I'd, I'd pay the full 40 for that set. But anyway, anyway back Muppets. Tell us, tell us of this Muppet show. They kicked off the most neurotic lady on the show. Which yeah. Is pretty good. Uh, there was one lady in the first episode. She fucked up everything she did, and and she was on the verge of getting kicked off, and she had a little bit of a breakdown, and she was like, "Oh my god, I need this. You don't understand how much I need to win this show." Mm -hmm. And she barely survived in the second episode. So it was reality TV. 
Yeah, a little bit. That that was kind of the most like harsh kind of thing. And so the the all the stuff she built for her ske- uh, Skeksis didn't work. She like made the eyes and the hands, and the eyes and the hands didn't work. And so she got booted off. And I thought she was gonna shoot somebody, not out of anger, but it's one of those things where I hope they check to make sure she didn't hang herself the next morning in her hotel room because she was like wound up about trying to win this thing, but she didn't. I even Googled it to find out if she was still alive after the episode ended. And she's still alive, so okay, this show can't Jeez. be that bad. But yeah, no, it was really cool to see everyone try to build Skeksis puppets in three days. Yeah. And the action yeah. of them looked really goddamn cool. That's I a fun... Them. Like I said, I hate reality shows except for Cake Boss because Cake Boss is terrible and the people who made the cakes <laughs> on that show are terrible. They yes. made terrible... They might be the if nicest... If you're looking for reality TV, I have news for you. There's a lot of reality TV that meets that standard. No, but no, not that, not that they're terrible people and they're bad human beings, but like I love Cake Boss is the one reality show where like the people are supposed to be specialists at something, and the yeah. one thing they specialize in, they I think I could doing. probably do better. <laughs> and no, I'm not even. I don't even think I'm a cake master, but these, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, the Jim Henson Challenge reality show is pretty goddamn cool. And and I voted with my dollars, and I bought it on iTunes for fifteen bucks. That's all I'm Annie, you should check it out. Isn't that nice? No, I will never. I do not like. I don't even care, quote unquote, good reality TV. I hate reality TV. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Well, that'll come up later in the show, I'm sure. It's just. Well, you know, the weird thing is, like, instead of getting kicked off, they do have they have this one thing where. Here it comes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for it. I'm ready. Ready. What they do? Yeah, like, 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 yes. Do they surgically like add sticks to their wrist? <laughs> you leave the show, but you will always. No, that's not dirty enough. <laughs> Before, no, but when, when you for your Muppet uh, for your application for the TV of this show, they ask what your favorite Muppet is. Yeah. And so when you're voted to get kicked off the Muppet Island, not Muppet <laughs> Treasure Island, but whatever, they bring out the puppet, and they say. <laughs> We won't kick you off if you fuck this Muppet in the mouth. <laughs> Billy's so mad. Of all the things that you forget, of all like all the discussions that we had that you could not remember after we've recorded the podcast, you remember the riff you had at Lake from last week about fucking a puppet in the mouth. I knew it was coming. <laughs> so, wait, do they, just, do they just film this and then that's the porn parody? They've just secretly been making that the entire time themselves? Yeah, no, it's terrible. Those are just ridiculous oh from their I school. can't believe they're willing to waste these Muppets <laughs> on this show. <laughs> like the actual I bet if you look closely Muppets. enough, you can see they're off brand Muppets. Hey, Bill, tell me about the strips documentary. Hey Bill, the they have Brad Brad hey Bill, be there with hey Bill. saying, I can smell your cunt. <laughs> Bill, hey Bill, tell me about the stripped I can see documentary. animal saying that, actually. Bill, tell me about the stripped documentary, Bill. Amy Hennig, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry you had to listen to this. It's not listening. I, so, I hope for her speaking sake. Speaking of Dylan McConus, have you guys not watched the stripped documentary yet? I have not watched it yet, Bill. Tell How me did about I watch it. Did I pay for it? That? Oh, I must have paid for it if I did see it. If Dylan McConus is in it and you didn't pay for it, then I think you and Dylan McConus need to have a chat. There's a problem. You need to chat with that young man. No, it's, it's funny. It's not just Dylan McConus, but it's a whole bunch of people we know and, and stuff. Kate Beaton's actually uh, one of the people who talks the most in that, which is really nice. Because I still really? think Kate Beaton is the closest this the closest thing the this webcomic generation has to like a Charles Schultz or anything like that. I'm so surprised you haven't used the BW phrase yet, Phil. What's, Wait, the, what's, what's the BW phrase? The thing that got the most attention about this documentary was that they got to talk talk to Bill Watterson. 
Who gives a fuck? He doesn't you? make comics anymore. He makes That's kind of how I Calvin and Hobbes, but what's he I love you. Calvin and Hobbes is pretty great, but that was so uh, long ago. She's talking to Harper Lee. Who fuck? She wrote a book like a billion years ago. Who gives a shit about that old bag of bones? I want to talk to Stephanie Well, that's Meyer. one of the most important books ever written on the subject of race. <laughs> that's a little different than Calvin and Hobbes. You know what? You're absolutely correct. The most popular and arguably most influential comic strip of all time, the canon of comic strips of the last 30 years. Sure. It's important career disappeared. Calvin and Hobbes, so it's hard for me to get excited about. Oh, man. You're so Wait, you have not read Calvin and Hobbes? No, I've been meaning to pick up the big collector to this one for quite a while, but I always forget. Oh, you don't like Muppets and you don't read Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> Bill, where's the ejection? I haven't button? seen yeah, anything with Muppets. Yeah. It's, not, it's not that I don't like them. It's that I have some catching up to do with them. No, like I, I genuinely only bring up Bill Watterson just because it's such been such a big deal. Like he was so influential to a certain generation of cartoonists, and so influ- and his story was so um, important, and and what he did was so interesting and so different from the rest of the industry. And then to come out like after all this silence and all this isolation to talk on a documentary about the thing that you turned your back from is kind of fascinating to me. So. Yeah, it's well, impressive. It's he shows up, he's wearing a shirt that's. I just. He, he's wearing a shirt that says "fuck Ziggy" on it. <laughs> no, his shirt is Calvin <laughs> on the with strip written on it, right? That's it. It's, it's Calvin peeing on like whatever bill they passed to get copyright infringement illegal. That's oh, what, Jacob! That's, that's Jacob, it kills me that you've never read Calvin and Hobbes, but you have seen Jake uh, Calvin peeing on things. Yeah, well, welcome to modern day culture. Yeah. That was the first thing that I ever saw. It took me forever to realize that that was not a piece of art. Was I talking about I how that's last a weird was, thing for him to do? I was watching cosplay at Emerald City Comic Con, and they had two kids. One dressed as Calvin, and the other kid as Hobbs. But the other kid dressed as Calvin. Yeah. Also had a Hobbs awesome. doll, which didn't make any sense. That Calvin was just peeing on the whole time. It was so yeah. weird. <laughs> Actually, that'd be kind of a funny costume. <laughs> Uh, no, they just get like a water fountain and just carry that around. Kathy Gus White than they do Bill Watterson, <laughs> which it's nice because <laughs> Kathy Gus White is one of the a few big rare yeah uh, strip cartoonists, female strip cartoonists. So she, it's worth talking to her. What did she make? But she made fucking Kathy. I was just gonna say that didn't she make Kathy? She remember she made Kathy? Yeah. So it's kind of like a watch where it's like yay, yay for female creators. Well, look what this one female creator made. It's kind of well, an embarrassment to female. Yeah. Which, I don't mean to knock Kathy. I mean, it had its place in no, its time. No, let's knock Some people are horribly offended. <laughs> it's not not. I'm just saying, you guys, but, you know, yeah, when you're doing a thing on strips, maybe you should talk to people who make some of those popular and influential comic strips. Well, it's yeah. interesting because they do spend the first uh, whole half of the documentary almost entirely just talking to old strip. Newspaper strip guys. Yeah. We're talking to the guy who draws. I keep Maybe waiting for you to say strippers by mistake. I'm just waiting. I know. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. But they, you know, they do talk to Bill Watterson. Although he just does not really talk about Calvin and Hobbes as much as just kind of comics in general, which, which is which is which is kind of what you'd want for that anyway. So I don't know if I'd um, want an hour long interview about Calvin and Hobbes. But then then they start talking about how web comics are supplanting uh, Sunday funnies, and there's actually yeah. an interesting. Um, after they're done explaining what how the syndicates work for Sunday. Uh, for for newspaper comic strips, they go into talking about how um, 
web comics what they do in place of the syndicates how they make their money uh-huh. and 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 there's a whole big like 15 not very well well they talk about how like you essentially you're giving your comics away for free but like you make your money by going to cons and essentially selling yourself your personality and your merchandise exactly your so brand the, becomes yeah. Watterson would be allergic to this <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yes um but that's actually the most interesting part of that documentary is just talking yeah. about these web con- uh, how web comics have to hustle in order to make uh, money yeah absolutely yeah it's hard for me to think of um web comics as really being the same sort of thing as um uh newspaper comics though because they're so different in structure yeah it's well, not, not really based one stuff, one you know? kind of thing yeah well, it's not oh, it's not one to one for sure well i would say that it, the one is definitely an evolution of the other because as yeah. much as there were like early web comics there were of course long form comics the, the early popular web comics were largely gag that is a point they make in the movie like the earliest ones are actually close yeah, to what web comics are now where it's full page like little nemo and stuff like that yeah 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 so it's like it, it, there is a direct link between that and the present day you know yeah those comics weren't always just black and white three panel gag strips yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's I need to, I need to partake, just so I can see that handsome young man Dylan McConus. He just sounds like such an interesting fellow. Just gotta see what he's gotta say. But yeah, Kate Beaton is very cute. I don't know. I hear he hangs out with some real weirdos. <laughs> some oh. sketchy. Oh, Eddie, I got to hang yeah. out on Friday night with who's the guy who draws Six Gun? Oh, Brian Hurt. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, he's a total sweetheart. Yeah. I still need to read that um, first volume. I got of that on on Amazon. Also, I'm not getting invited back, am I? Between having read our six gun books. Do <laughs> you have any extras of those left, or do they all get claimed? Well, they're all—they've all been one. We just actually actually sent them okay. to people. <laughs> there at one point you said that you didn't—you didn't have enough people entering to give them all away. So. Oh, we we did. We successfully identified who they should all go to. We just need to actually get up to them. <laughs> okay. I see. It, it only took so long because I thought Annie had all the names, but it turned. That we both have the names. I didn't realize we're not that organized. <laughs> it's almost like the Boyhood podcast is a shambling joke of a thing. That's exactly. pretty much it. So what else? What else? Hey Jacob, tell us about what Bethesda games you modded. Did I not spell that correctly? Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh no no no, uh, no you did. I'm being, got... I'm just being weird. Okay, I got struck by this strange urge to replay Oblivion and Fallout New Vegas. And since mm-hmm. I just got a new SSD in my computer, I was thinking, well, this would load pretty quick, so I can burn out even faster on them. Yeah. So I went to the um, site Nexus Mods, uh-huh. which is where you download most mods these days. And I started just downloading stuff. I got Oblivion modded. Uh, it worked okay until the trees started turning the giant green blocks. So then I just I kind of gave up on that for a little bit. I'll fix that later. Uh, and then I started downloading mods for Fallout New Vegas. And then I thought about playing Fallout New Vegas. And thought, I don't want to play Fallout New Vegas anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I decided that I really just wanted to play Skyrim. And now I've downloaded a bunch of Skyrim mods. So <laughs> what's your what's your favorite mod you found Did you so get far? the Choo Train one? Did you get Tom's Tank Cancer uh, one? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was the first thing I downloaded, obviously. Um, <laughs> my actual favorite mod for um, Skyrim is probably this one called Interesting NPCs. It adds uh-huh. a bunch of more interesting, fully voiced NPCs to Skyrim. Uh-huh. So it, it adds a lot more character to the world. Um, it's actually surprisingly well acted. Some of them are better than some of the people Bethesda gets. Yeah. And it's nice uh-huh. to not hear um, all the uh, cat people played by one dude anymore. Now there's three. God. There's three dudes playing all of them. Uh, and 
I don't have much else to say, but one interesting thing I'd like to point out about um, Nexus mods is the uh, number of mods and um, downloads for the games. Oblivion has 27,000 different mod files uploaded to it or for it. Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3 both have roughly 13,000 mods available. Uh, and they both also um, have roughly 73 million downloads. Wow. Oblivion has 127 million downloaded mods. Skyrim has 437.41 million downloaded mods and 32,000 individual files. And only 95% of them involve making the women, female characters' tits bigger or making non-white characters white. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Skyrim Queen Face is really the best mod ever made. Um, and the um, really fun part about Nexus Mods is in order to download uh, mods, bigger than three gigabytes in size, you have to sign up for an account, which is fine. But when you sign up for an account, you get to access the most endorsed files of all time, adult only section oh, on their website. La -di -da. So I can, the top three, yeah, the top three um, adult only mods for Skyrim are Caliente's Beautiful Bodies Edition, a curvaceous female body replacer with adjustable proportions. Uh, demonized UNP female body. It's not demonizes and demons. It's some weird spelling. Demonized, whatever. This is a female, or sorry, let me get this correct. This is female body replacer. It will change the way every naked female will look in game. This is the second most downloaded nude mod for Skyrim. Uh, and then number three is better males, beautiful nudes and faces, new hairstyles, yeah, nudes for males, oh, yeah. new messes, feet and oh, hands yeah. improved. Beast Dude, is supported. For the PC, Skin clean uh, the and realistic area options. Better in the first faces. two, the first two things I download would be the erect male <laughs> mod and the body yeah. hair mod. I think if you're playing as a guy, you can just see the tip of your penis at the bottom of the screen whenever you're walking around. <laughs> This is an always um, point north. Finally adding mods where you can see your body in-game. So you'll be able to do that soon enough. Um, there's uh, Number five is animated prostitution Skyrim. Work in progress. Uh, let's see. Adult so XXX. Uh, triggers masturbation, sex animations by spells. There's also a potion option. So if you've is there a murder children in the option yet? Do that. Yes. Probably, yeah. That was one of the first things that came out. Uh, there's an entire race of uh, succubus demons you can play as now. Wow. Unsurprisingly, most of these, funnily enough, are focused on female characters. I'm shocked. I know. Is, <laughs> I know. Is there it's a, a real surprise. Is there a mod? Okay, what? so you've got the mod that turns all the dragons into Thomas the Tank Engine. Is there a mod? And um, Macho Man Randy Savage. Right. Oh, yeah. Is there a mod yet that turns the tank engines in, into Ona holes that you can fuck? Hey, everybody. <laughs> so that was, uh, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back for the Geek Week in Review. So let's see. What other kind of nude mods are there? There's a bunch of, there's a maids mod. Oh, here's one Annie might like. There's a um, werewolf mod that has options for animal-like genitalia and human-like genitalia. Does it that actually change from one genitalia to the other within the same, like... When you turn into a werewolf, you suddenly get a wolf, wolf? No, you have to pick one or the other. When you turn into a werewolf, it's either one or the other. Ah, that's, that defeats the whole point of being a werewolf if your genitalia doesn't change. 
No, it does. It's just when you're in werewolf form, what kind of genitalia do you want? Do you want human, or do you want animal? That's it's good... up to you. The is there a drawback to having a wolf dick? <laughs> uh, it, if you make it too big, it drags on the well, ground. I know like raccoon hurts. penises have bones in them. And so they're inherently uh, I think most animals do. Um, Wait, how do you know that about raccoons? I know you, know you had raccoons? a pet raccoon. What did you, you know? Raccoons have. I, thought that was I a knew that about raccoons. I'm wondering why that's your first. I thought that reference. was a known thing that raccoons. That's most animals. Oh god, did it really just come back Hi, to all talking about animal talking dogs? About... Oh yeah, no, Jacob's talking about uh, what, uh, how you're allowed to choose. I have a mod for you, Annie. Yeah, explain it. <laughs> you like werewolves, don't you? Uh, I don't like. Would you like going. your Skyrim werewolves? <laughs> Would you like your Skyrim werewolves to have animal or human genitalia? <laughs> okay, Foley. Foley is we're reading the next book we have for Ladylike is about lesbian werewolves, and Foley has been Foley. There's has... no female options. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> There's that's no female werewolf month. That's that's understood. No, uh, so we're reading. Okay. This... We're reading this werewolf book for Ladylike, and it is adorable, her reaction to it, because she has never, she has no context for furries or anything like that. She's never really thought about werewolves, ever. So She's for the never first... been on the internet? I know, right? Well, really... Wait, nope, female werewolf mod, I found it. <laughs> Good job. That was kind of inedible. Well done, Jacob. It's no. number 71 on the list. What cracks me up is that, um, so Foley has, like, never thought about this stuff, ever. She's never thought about werewolves, really, at length, before. That's not true. But, like, for the, for, like, for the last couple of months, she's been kind of like, werewolves, huh? Man, wouldn't it be great? She's like, and so she's reading this book, and there's a lot of sex in it. She's like. I feel like that's a thing, right, Lee? She's like, wouldn't it be great to just fuck a woman who's a werewolf, and then afterwards they turn into a wolf, and then just snuggle this big furry beast? <laughs> I'm just like. Foley, I'm so glad you're finally. Oh, doing I thought it. you were gonna say this one. Yeah, I know that could have gone a lot more. I thought you were gonna say that beginning to wonder when they were gonna do it as werewolves. Can't you just fucking naked woman wearing a, a fur coat and you kind of get both? Problem solved. <laughs> oh, here's a question: If you guys could be any uh, alien species from your favorite science fiction thing, what would you be? Mm, uh, you have to spend the rest of your life as. I don't like is there a story, but I'm going to say Turian. Turian? I'd be a Wookiee. Because why not? You'd be a Wookiee? You'd have to be a Wookiee with a fur-covered butt. I'd be a giant furry That's, That beast. does seem like a lot of trouble to clean. How is, how is, everyone's, answer not, how is everyone's answer not a sorry? That way you can procreate with anybody in the galaxy. I'd be a sorry, a sorry, or boring. I would, if I had to be a mass effect race, I would be a Krogan. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't think about me. I'd be the most adorable Krogan. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being a Swearian, but they only live 40 years, and I kind of want to drive this I forgot this about that. Yeah. Know? Is there yeah. would there be any Although the Asari live forever, so you know what? Maybe I would be in the Swearian. That's what you get to live forever, and you get to procreate with everybody. I would maybe be a Krogan Asari. If I had to be an Asari, I'd be a Krogan Asari. So okay. what would that mean? That Like your mom That's true. We can make mats. I could be a Turian Asari. I'll do that. I want to be Riara and Garrus's love child. That's what I want. <laughs> you want to be Fleet Flotilla? Yeah. I want to be a fat yes. robot. I, I just want. I just want to be. Uh, 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 what are wait, they who's called? The sexy... who, who's the sexy robot? Edie. I just want to be Edie, but just like Edie. just like a fat male. I want. I just want to see how they sexify my design. <laughs> 
It's Edie, but with your beard. That's it. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want to be in a uh, yeah. male neck beard, but just like all chrome and naked for no reason. You know, there are there is a mod section for Mass Effect on this website, so I, I can see what kind of mods there are. That's kind of got what me thinking about this kind of shit. Is like if you had to, yeah, be, yeah. A Turian, that's or yeah, or a Krogan, that's a. Whole... There's only 178 files for Mass Effect 3, so. Aww. And only, only 177 about them. Yeah, but then you got, a... you got to deal with the whole unable to have children thing. Are female Krogans? How are female Krogans <laughs> yeah. even treated? I can't remember. Right, okay. There's the an entire mission in Mass Effect 3 that fa focuses entirely on female Krogans. Do you not remember this at all? Aren't all the female Krogans dead? I like Most how you of the like, games are about female Krogans okay, and I'm going to point this out. Bill was furious that someone who watched and was vaguely interested in Back to the Future could not remember exactly what <laughs> year to go to. But he does not remember female There was a lot of stuff going on in that game. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. All I remember is, like, so, I remember the fact that I went... Were you aware? <laughs> I remember the firefight to try to protect... <laughs> The Krogan Queen. Uh-uh. As she's being transported from, like, the Silurian, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like, science center or whatever. Here is what I remember from Back to the Future. So... There's a car. There's a clock. <laughs> uh, does, isn't there... A, what's her name? Mary... Mary Lou Steinberger or whatever her name is? Yeah, Mary Steinberger. Mary Steinberger's in it. Mary Lou Steinberger. <laughs> That's what I remember. <laughs> uh, uh, he almost bangs his mom. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey! You're looking for that new sound? Listen to this. That is officially all I can remember from back yeah. in the Annie, are you still sober? The first one is Western of some sort. Annie, are you, are you still sober? Yes. I am now uh, just over two months sober. Congratulations. Oh, what was your gift from Brenna for your sobriety? It was very Good sweet. Job. She got me a, a belt buckle, this cast silver belt buckle of two foxes. It's very cute. Now, do you find yourself eating more worse. garbage to take the place of the booze that you're not eating, not in, in, ingesting? Uh, Jacob, she said that uh, they were meant to be foxes, but she thought they looked more like wolves, and I choose to perceive them as wolves because I'm a wolf enthusiast. Generally, yeah, exactly. Why not? Yeah. Uh, and Bill, I always works. eat garbage food, so it's kind of. May hard I to suggest say. a very good, yeah. uh, special kind of garbage I just found out about? On the way back from uh, the, uh, going to see Did Noah you really and... just use my sobriety, the struggle of my sobriety, as a segue to talk about junk food? Andy, I'm just saying, we have a new sponsor this week. <laughs> it's called... We came in from the it's called... Okay, okay, everyone always gotta shut up because we're getting paid for this. <laughs> this isn't part of the podcast. You're cutting this out. Everyone, hush. I gotta, edit, I gotta edit some classical music into this, otherwise we're not getting paid. Okay, Ben and Jerry said, Bill, you're fat. We're gonna send you a free pint of chocolate therapy ice cream. Oh my god, it's actually called chocolate therapy. <laughs> it's fucking good. <laughs> um, yeah, I picked this up on a whim. I was walking uh, home from uh, the movie theater and I stopped by Fred Meyer's and they had like a, I don't know, they had a super sale in Ben and Jerry's. I was like, man, chocolate therapy sounds good. This is chocolate ice cream with chocolate cookies and chocolate pudding ice cream. What? It's fucking good. If you try to mix more than two types of chocolate, for me, I just can't get into it. I'm not big on chocolate, though. So, you know what? This is actually, for a while, they had a, a, a an ice cream called Brownie Batter, mm -hmm. which that was pretty good. They seem to yeah, I've heard that. It's, it's pretty much the same thing with chocolate cookie chunks in it, but it's fucking... I'm just saying, Annie, if you if you find yourself just at least, you know, hungering for some kind of junk food that's not booze, mm -hmm. 
Um, they do have also have that peanut like that core ice cream now, where it's ice cream with some kind of like filling core in the middle. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. So I, I I also checked out the the fudge peanut butter one, and that was not necessarily or... good. I was kind of bummed. What else? What? What's your order? Here's Jacob? an idea. Mm-hmm. And this this could be crazy. You know, I just I'm just throwing this out there. You could not replace alcohol with junk food. Man, okay. So in the evening when I have the impulse to drink, and it happens every night like clockwork, every night around, usually around between 9.30 and 2.30, I get the urge to drink. And um, I don't – I'm not drinking soda because, A, I don't drink soda anymore. And, B, if I drink soda after 6.30, it's going to give me a – It's kind of gross. Well, no, it just gives me a panic attack. Yeah. And also, I as, when you don't drink soda for a long time, when you go back and try some soda, soda is disgusting. <laughs> so it is fucked up. It's an un, it's, 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 it an, it's an unnatural soda, fucking substance. Yeah. Yeah. So and so to be fair, I'm not I'm not trying to be judgy and say no, don't switch the junk. Whatever you have to do. No. Yeah. Well, the thing is, whatever is that, works. So but... I don't. I'm not really a big tea drinker. I drink sex. a lot of coffee sex. during the day. Sadly, sex. it's not. I sex. drink a lot of tea. Sex. But, Sadly, it's not sex that I'm replacing it with. My sweet wife is like, which was like dealing with me bitching about like water is gross because water is gross. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to drink fucking water. Water is just water. Water. I don't. I don't... Has wasted so much time trying to replace water with better stuff. <laughs> water. Yeah. No, I just like water. I I can't bring myself to drink water to replace that. But she's very sweet. She got me some. Uh, we now I couldn't have... when I drink soda. I you get used to it after you've been drinking for a while. I'll say I that. no, I, I I I mean I have I drink I have a growler of water at my desk that I drink yeah, I every day. I've got I've got this thing right here. It's a pirate. I drink water lots of bottle. water because yeah. that's the one helpful thing I do. I do drink a okay. lot of water, but um I just can't like it's not. It's not something you want to drink. I have no beverage replacement, and my sweet wife she got me um we she now we have in the fridge um lemon juice and lime juice just to add a dash of lemon or lime juice to water, and it actually really does make it a lot more palatable. So now it's like your English or something like that. You should be putting putting that in your breakfast tea. Yeah. Well, when I when I have the urge to have an alcoholic beverage and like the urge to mix a drink, I go in instead and I get a glass of ice and I get some water and I have some lemon, a little bit of lemon juice in it and that's what I, and it's actually been really effective so my wife yeah. is a brilliant sweetheart that's what i'm getting at here anyway, oh, here, here's my counter argument you just get a glass of water just use a uh slim jim as a swizzle stick that just sounds like the worst diet colors to look like whiskey but i'm like that doesn't seem like a healthy idea <laughs> Oh man! Oh Lord! No! Oh, the the unhealthy habit that I've developed, uh, another coping mechanism I developed over the last year. Um, a lot of my alcoholism. I was on the road to being an alcoholic anyway, but the last year was really really difficult. It worked for me, like really difficult. Like I stopped sleeping for a month and a half. I'm actually curious to go back and listen to some of those boy howdy episodes that were done during that time, to see how fucking insane I sound because I didn't. You know, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. The bar for this podcast is pretty low in humanity. That's okay. So, <laughs> that wouldn't worry too much about the quality. Yeah. Yeah. So antagonizing you all the time. Exactly. You know, Did I sound a little frazzled? Yeah. Delirious, goofy, and inexplicably cranky. Then it's pretty far from the Yes, but car. then you became an insomniac. <laughs> and you continued to sound. <laughs> 
So um, I stopped. Uh, anyway, where is I going with this? Oh, uh, I, I started drinking a lot more and I used it to sleep and also to de cope with my anxiety and depression. And I'd say it worked pretty damn well until I, you know, until it didn't. And uh, Weird. But... You used alcohol as a coping mechanism and then you became an alcoholic. I've never heard of this before. Well, I was well on the path to being an alcoholic before this, my friend. That was, yeah. it, was, it was happening. And you way. said that beforehand. Yeah. But anyway, and it almost worked. sounded to me like anyone who's aware of that, it seemed unlikely that would actually happen. But I guess that's not how that worked out. In this oh, instance. actually, it was worse because I have alcoholism in my life. And so for that reason, I just didn't drink alcohol or anything like that because I'd see it had affected my life. And so I was like and, and part of it was that I was so protesting so much that I wasn't an alcoholic. And I was like, well, I'm not an alcoholic until X, Y yeah. or Z happens. And, dude, if it's affecting your relationships and your quality of life and if you get a bottle of whiskey for your birthday and that bottle is gone two days later, you can say whatever you want. You're an alcoholic. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. not recreational like, drinking. Maybe the bottle of birthday whiskey on its own, having that gone in two days on its own. Maybe not a problem. Mm. If, if you're doing that more than just once a year, though, that's mm -hmm. – I depends on the size of the bottle. I don't have a lot of context for how big a whiskey bottle is. It's pretty fucking big, Jacob. <laughs> mm. But that's anyway, at the end of the day, if, you, if you're if you really insistent that you're not an alcoholic, it's a pretty good sign that you're an alcoholic. <laughs> so anyway, the my workplace coping mechanism, because you can't really drink at work so much to kind of frown upon that. Um, I started um, getting. Yeah, I need to find a job. Uh, I got a. I, I, uh, um, I started uh, chewing on sunflower seeds. So I will get like a giant bag of sunflower seeds and I have a little glass container on my desk. And then I have a spitting cup for the husks. And this is what I do. You're like a true Texan. I feel like a cartoon Texan. I think I would almost rather work with someone who is drinking all day. <laughs> my boss at the time teased me. She's like, you sound honest. like a little bird, Annie. Like, cracking on your shell a little bit. And, man, it's bad news. It's bad for my teeth. There's a lot of salt. And we're talking here, and it's a lot of fucking seeds. But it's, mm -hmm. that is when I'm having a hard time kicking. I can't really replace that. Because it is just kind of my, my – I have a very addictive personality. And I if I can passively do something for a long amount of time, be it drinking, or whatever i will do it and that's that's i'm weirdly struggling more with the sunflower seed thing than i am with alcoholism weird that's a hell of a strange how that to works. make on it's, public i suppose if you have to pick one though <laughs> so now you've actually developed a sunflower seed problem what, yep yep at least it worked you should are you gonna be in a help group with a uh with big bird <laughs> Something like that. That's that. That's a hell of a thing. It's just uh, weird. It's like the other thing that's obnoxious about alcoholism is it's not like you're just an alcoholic and if you stop drinking, then all your problems well, are solved. Well, no. Once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. Well, no, that's it's not even that. It's indicative of other issues. It's very rarely. Well, yeah, oh, Annie's entirely like fine. Yeah, yeah why don't you just get it? Why don't you develop an addiction to like gummy vitamins? So at least if you're gonna get like get get, get addicted to those, you're gonna be like fucking be Popeye after. That's after how six months. vitamins work. That's not how that works because my sister actually swallowed a whole bottle of vitamins at one point. I didn't take mine for today. She, uh, she she did I didn't take my brain pills. Hold, please. She's fine. This is a good podcast. Uh, more or less fine. I'm going to take my brain pills, and yeah. by brain pills, I mean my gummy bites. Gummy. That's actually what they're called, gummy bites. That's so weird. It sounds like a Star Wars term. Gummy vitamins are fucking I think they had to put more effort in the naming those. Yeah, seriously. Well, it's almost like, like uh, people brand. who work for health, uh, for like uh, 
vitamin companies aren't that imaginative or anything. <laughs> That's why the only flavors they ever have for this kind of shit yeah. are peach and raspberry. Um, they sh- there should be like steak flavored vitamins, like actual shit with actual real vitamins in it. Fuck that broccoli shit. Um, so I'm not quite sure how to kill time while Annie's going off taking her psychotropic medication. I know how to kill time. Um, I have to apologize to you, Bill, because I bought your Legend of Zelda poster, and when I rearranged my room, I completely forgot that I had to have some place to put that, so now it's just kind of sitting in the separate room. No, it's fine. I used to have one of those framed above my workstation, and I took it down so I could put up a poster of Metal and Con. Yeah. Oh, there you go. No yeah. one can fault you in that. Adeline Collins, uh, Uber Alice over everything. Goddamn. <laughs> hey, everybody, now that I'm medicated, how about some Geek Week in Review? Do you already feel put, better? I found Mass Effect porn mods. Oh, oh wow, that I is a sexy Jacob, I have to apologize to you and Grumpy oh, wow. because I'm... I have not hopped on to play Mercenary Kings yet because I got sucked back into Dark Souls. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I was going to play I played I was, Dark I Souls too. Fire... Dang it, I meant to bring that up. Uh, yeah, I was gonna play some more. Uh, I played like ten seconds of Mercenaries Kings. Hey, Annie, have you touched this yet? It's one of the free. Pl- it's one of the free first big uh, PlayStation Four free games for uh, PlayStation Plus. Oh, I didn't know it was up for PlayStation Plus. I'll download it. Yeah, it's it's a side scrolling yeah, shoot 'em up that together. you play. Yeah, four players at once. Yeah. 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 I'll be for two minutes. Terrible. Yeah. The jumpy is bullshitty. I. I haven't had any real problems with it. I haven't played enough to really say, though. See, I've only played I'm, it on my Vita. I'm so used to the Metal Slug games. If if, if yeah. you have a game like that, that that doesn't play like Metal Slug. Never played one, too. Oh, yeah. man. Metal Slug. Oh, Metal Slug is fucking Good shit. Fantastic. Metal Slug 3. Annie, have you played Metal Slug? Bill, do you really... <laughs> Bill, remember, there was once upon a time a woman named Annie came to Portland to visit for vacation. Oh, that's right. And rather than go outside, (laughs) Bill and Annie and her friend Stephen Heights stayed inside and played Battle Slug so much that Dylan McConus made them go outside. I forgot that Metal Slug was the game that made made Dylan freak out at us and pick up the house. Yeah. It was a beautiful day outside. We were inside playing games. We're having a good time, too. We're kicking ass in Metal Slug. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, pals. Hey, buddies. How about a little game we can review? Okay. Hit us up. On June 18th, a $600 Miyazaki Blu-ray set will be released in Japan. Blu-rays are notoriously expensive in Japan, and this set includes a bunch of TV stuff he directed before he became a feature film director. Ooh. Blu-ray Sherlock Hound, finally. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Bill, what's your commentary on this? Are you too busy chewing to answer? I'm on my last gummy bite. It's very good. <laughs> okay, I'll talk about Sherlock Hound. The first, all of Sherlock Hound is available on YouTube, and I highly recommend the first episodes, the first six episodes that Miyazaki directed. They're actually pretty fun. That's all you need to know about Sherlock Hound. I do enjoy some animal-based puns based on classic. So where? I have is that good this news box for you. Ship like a Japanese, <laughs> this box has shipped like a Japanese coffin. Which I thought was wildly inappropriate. The guy's not dead yet. Come on. Jesus Christ. I enjoy your jokes, Bill. You yeah, joke. the pallbearers Paul are like little dust mites from uh, uh, Spirited Away. That's really <laughs> fucked up. Okay. Did y'all... Okay, so that Bill... Be, that would be weirdly cute. I'm gonna... I'm gonna... <laughs> no, but at least... I don't know. I, I like the idea of you going, I would like to watch... Spirited away, and then all of a sudden, like the dust mites, like come out of the box. It's just hearing Zaki's corpse. Well, I guess. And that's just the new director set. 
Well, I, I guess uh, also part of the big deal of this is a lot of these movies actually aren't available in HD yet. Yeah. I, guess, I don't think there's an HD version of Spirited Away yet really? in a couple other movies. Which uh, Spirited Away? I know there's I mean, not an HD version of Princess Mononoke. Yeah, and I think, I think that's supposed to come out this summer with Spirited and, Away. This stuff may be exclusive to this box set. Yeah, I didn't realize until I had a friend in Japan actually ask me to uh, send him a copy of The Avengers uh, last year on Blu-ray. I was like, well, the the cost of the Blu-ray and the shipping is going to be like forty bucks. Do you want to spend that? And he's like, that that Blu-ray in, in Japan is like eighty bucks. It's believe me, yeah. actually, like mailing Jeez. it to Japan is cheaper than actually just buying it off the shelf here. Is it? Is it? Well, like that's probably Australian? a niche market though. It's something like that where yeah, specific like I don't know if it's a matter like in Australia where sometimes it's 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 just like like uh, currency exchange rates and stuff like. Is it like that they're not manufactured in Japan? They're being imported from elsewhere. I wonder if it's. I wonder if like stuff like Blu-rays in Japan are just niche enough. Maybe that yeah. retailers can just afford just uh, just a charger premium for that shit. Which explains why this box set, this Miyazaki, and it's specifically Miyazaki box set, not a Studio Ghibli box set, because it has a lot of stuff. Like that. Yeah, it, it has everything that Miyazaki directed. Before. But I really want to see Grave of the Fireflies in HD, so that when I decide to kill myself after watching it, I can say I saw it in full. Wait, what? <laughs> Grave of the Fireflies. No, yeah. That have you not seen that yet? I well, have that, seen that. That's not a Miyazaki. Not movie. That's not no, part of the no, box set. Because, yeah, that that that's an Azout uh, Takahata movie, so that's not going to be part of the box set. Yeah. Man, I went out to sushi with a friend last week, and there's a sushi place in Woodstock here in Portland. I was going to ask you about this. This is a great idea. Tani's is uh, they a they serve pretty damn good sushi. B yeah. they have good non-sushi alternatives if you're not a sushi fan. And C their decor is adorable. They have all sorts of Ultraman masks and everything. Oh, they really play into the Japanese thing. Okay. Well, they're the two owners. That sounds a little pandering. No, no, the two owners. Are they actually are, Japanese? Yes, and they're actually like adorable. Oh. Like they love the culture and stuff. So they um they when I went there they were playing uh my neighbor Totoro while I was having dinner. It's kind of delightful. Okay, I was, was gonna the say... sound on. Yeah. yeah, this this Portland sushi bar with Ultraman masks on, so in my neighbor Totoro sounds like the most hipster. Was it the dub? <laughs> right, the opposite. Nonsense. Was, fact, it was, was it subtitled Totoro at least? Uh, yes, actually, yeah. Very good. Yeah, it's adorable. Yeah. It's but gonna it... be the time to watch Totoro again because that movie takes place in the month of May, and the two girls are named after May. Oh, that's true. And, and it's almost May. Are they both named after May? I thought it was just one. Totoro. Oh, well, there's one girl named Mei, and the other girl's name is the Japanese – oh, is it Satsuki or something like that? Um, mm -hmm. It's the Japanese word for the month of May, so, yeah. Adorable. Oh, okay. In, in other news, uh, this week, internet gaming culture was a flutter, a flutter even, at the news of – I said what I said. You know what uh, a flutter is, right? Yes, Bill. Okay. I do know what a flutter is. Thank you. Uh, the news – there's probably a Skyrim New, News of the failed Game Jam reality show came out, which was pretty impressively sunk by a shit-stirring Pepsi consultant named Maddie Lasham, who, holy shit, what a shit what? bird. Bill, that did you guy... actually read any of the articles on this? Yeah. No, what is this? So there was a, a Game Jam reality show they were going to do that was in conjunction with Maker, um, and it was going to be a whole YouTube thing, and they got a really nice roster of indie game developers, and abstractly, a, a some sort of uh, like a, a documentary on Game Jams is, sounds pretty awesome, 
and but uh money got involved and more money got involved it wound up being a four hundred thousand yeah. dollar production sponsored by mountain dew with various and sundry mountain dew themed but not doritos doritos was too classy to sponsor this exactly they wisely ducked out of this one and uh, yeah. part of the issue was that there seemed to be uh, at some point there's so much money involved that any any good like sensible aspects of it were chucked Buried very out. clearly that the people Round who uh, were in in charge knew nothing about games or game culture, much less about game jams. And all of the challenges became arts and crafts related and sort of weirdness and, and developed to incite drama rather than actually be about a game jam and development. Yeah. On top of that, this external consultant was very much so trying to make it more reality y by stirring the pot. And unfortunately, putting his foot firmly in all the misogyny that is uh, inherent in gaming, and just into the point where all the devs walked. And did I tell you about? Well, yeah, uh, you would. This link. This does link back to the Jim Henson Challenge thing briefly for one moment, because uh, because you know it's produced by the Jim Henson Company. Mm -hmm. For some reason, everyone uh, when they're not actually actively working on a project is forced to hold up a uh, labyrinth Blu-ray. <laughs> They're tools. Like if like if you can't find a hammer or anything like that or a sewing needle, you have to use a uh, a dark crystal Blu-ray for some kind of reason. Or like that's it's really weird. Know. Yeah, it's because they have so many extras that didn't sell. Yeah, exactly. there's just stockpiles. Yeah, people are just like gluing together. They happen to be the coasters as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you just so, yeah, stacks of them are glued together to use as chairs. The it's final like challenge it. will the final challenge will be making a Muppet just out of Ruiz of Labyrinth and Dark yeah. Crystal. I just uh, love that in this game jam thing, they banned all beverages from the set. That wasn't water. Mountain Dew. This Maddie Lesham guy kept on yeah. stopping the production because the guys weren't holding the soda can the Mountain Dew soda cans correctly. When and they, they weren't they were making thotting. the correct facial expression. Yeah, they were happy You couldn't make up a parody that was worse. In this. Oh, and then it actually it. happened. It's like an onion article. It is. The guys were pointing out that, like, if you're in a game jam, you're not drinking Mountain Dew, you're drinking fucking coffee. Yeah. Mountain Dew is like the most stereotypical kind of gamer fuel thing, but that's not what you're drinking. You're developing nope. a goddamn game at three o'clock in the morning. Nope. It's it, and like this, this, this Maddie Lesham, man, this makes me never want to fucking touch a Pepsi product again. Not, not that there's any real love for me for Pepsi to begin with, but this guy seems like such a piece of shit. Yeah, this like you would not expect this guy to be even semi decent as a human, but he went above and beyond the call of brand manager. Yeah, this, just this total man, scumbag. This is one of the guys. It's this kind of human being that is responsible for wearing down the world. This is the, this is the fucking banality yeah. of evil and personification of fucking fuck this guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and more specifically, he was trying to supercharge everything by uh, asking – I forget which, which, which contestant it was. It was one of the female contestants, and he was – he kept on uh, trying to spin it so uh, the people on the other team without the lady, we, he kept on asking, like, do you think that other team's at a disadvantage? Oh. They have a girl. And yeah. all this shit. Well, they're just like, what? 
this or like, do you think it's too distracting to have and a girl on your team and that kind of garbage? Just a pretty yeah. girl. So yeah. then he went after her, asking her all kind of charged questions about shit until she finally walked, and that that became the trigger that the impetus and that that the whole thing collapsed as soon as she walked away. I just I'm I'm curious to see what if anything that they do of this like make from it. Well, it sounds like this happened months ago. So if they were gonna do anything, they probably would have done it by now. But mm-hmm. fuck, man, it's that's just. Was it months ago? I don't remember. I, don't I think it started the planning relatively. months ago. Yeah, it was relatively. It was relatively I, think it was to, I think it was supposed to launch like within the next couple of weeks. So we spent half a million dollars on this, and it got sunk specifically because one douchebag and that no one would st- uh, stand up to this guy. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. From point of view. From... yeah. What's that? That has to be gone, right? You do you think we'll ever see footage from this? I have to assume they just burned every copy of any know, of man. this imagine. my my thing was i was really glad that all the devs involved kind of came out to some degree or other because some had signed ndas and all these yeah, other exactly, things yeah. and, but i'm really glad because frankly when four hundred thousand dollars of big corporations money is gone like i was really worried when i heard about this that because of one misogynist piece of crap well even beyond that, because of this one guy yeah i was really worried that they were gonna that these corporations were somehow going to find something in the contract to come after the devs well it turns out that like this was so rushed together that some of the some of the participants didn't even have time to actually sign their ndas yet. yeah or at least yeah. not deliberately Ooh. sign them because the the, yeah. the ndas were draconian on top of that like there were problems with this beyond this oh time. there was shit where like yeah it was something like you could never ever talk about anything yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. So it wasn't. Oh, even, yeah. It wasn't necessarily even about this Maddie Lesham guy, but the whole production side yeah. of it was just. Yeah, uh, and the, it was like, yeah, there was, there was a well, it's not like reality TV. Yeah, it's just, it was just weird. Which, which is funny because I know, you know, this show is not. This is none of this is unique to this show. This is just par for the course, entertainment slash reality bullshit. But that just, this is just an interesting peek into uh, the mindset that brings us. Again, going back to how terrible most reality shows are, like this is this is yeah, this is nothing new, but it's interesting interesting just to see how the sausage is is made in this situation. And this is all just so foreign to me because I pretty much stopped I I, I did I stopped having a television more or less, or at least wa- stopped watching broadcast and cable television right at the cusp of the birth of of reality TV. Mm-hmm. So I have watched very little reality TV, and I don't have any sort of taste for it because I didn't kind of develop that day- taste during a more reasonable era of. Reality reality tv and now when i watch it and i'm just like are you fucking kidding me with this garbage like yeah i don't i don't get it i used to watch it all the time i used to watch survivor every week i'd never but at a certain point i'm like just uh i think the other problem is that i got involved with video production just enough that now i can totally see like all the tricks showing through and like all of the artificiality just feels all the more artificial for me Oh, and, yeah. speaking of which, Eddie, are you up on Once Upon a Time? No. Okay. I just saw an episode last night. My mind was blown. <laughs> I fucking oh, really? show. I, I didn't expect anything to be so mediocre. On that show. All I know is that they recast my Robin Hood, and he's no longer, uh, uh, as Foley calls him, uh, Short, Dark, and Olive, and that makes me sad. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, well. What you gonna do? Anyway, what else? Hey, everybody. Add How I Met Your Mother to the list of TV shows that with despised series finales. Yeah, I have known nothing about this show, and now I know everything about this show just because people <laughs> will not shut the fuck up about this finale. It's I don't know why people place. had expectations for this, what was supposedly just a goofy sitcom. Like, No, supposedly the show actually had problem. some pretty interesting... 
Yeah. Like uh, emotional kind of undercurrents to it. It wasn't just totally. It wasn't just like another two and a half mm-hmm. minutes of just kind of like. Blah, blah, blah. This is what I hear from other I people mean, whose opinions I, I tend to respect. Uh, that people were into the show. Were exp- uh, there was a reason to expect more out of this finale. Hold on, let me explain to you this TV show that none of us have watched. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Let me. No, no, no. As a straight white male who's never seen this, let me... <laughs> no. The, the central conceit of the show is that it's a uh, someone telling a story of how I met your mother. It's a yeah! the show, and apparently, like the finale. In the... Which is a clever. Well, except that that means your whole entire structure is around this question even when that's not the most interesting or important part of the show or right. no let me let me take a step back it's a really good conceit for a two season show it's not a seven season a TV one. show called or excuse me or a movie called definitely maybe i'm just saying which is an excellent movie i'm just saying but uh, at, at the end of the day anytime you have uh, especially a tv show that goes on and on and on that is asking a question there is no way you can answer that question that will not be super disappointing but that's the problem. You know what? The funny thing is, from whatever I'm hearing people complain, have you heard about what the ending was? Yeah. Why people are upset? Yeah. It wasn't even necessarily how he met at the mom. So yeah. Supposedly everyone was completely fine with that. It was everything surrounding that about. Well, I guess so. I guess a uh, part of this. Well, no. Is- it's like this is how I met your mother. Your mother is dead. Yes. Yeah, I met this woman I'm now married to. Well, no, but it cracks me up that it's like they 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 they. they, they <laughs> They made this for the show about this question. Yeah. And then it's like, well, it's but then they they totally got themselves stuck by that by yeah. that conceit, you know. Well, so I guess I didn't realize. So what happens in the pilot is, the idea, the gist of the pilot is this guy saying, hey, okay, hey kids, I'm gonna tell you how about how I met your mother. And the pilot is about this guy with this like small circle of friends to in which this this new girl named Robin shows up, and he develops this girl uh, this crush on this girl Robin and stuff. And you think by the end of the pilot. Like that's going to be the mom that he's talking about, but the the pilot ends with him saying, "And that's how I met your aunt Robin. Right. Now I'll tell you how I met your mother." Yeah. The idea of like, oh, that's how they psych you out in the pilot, thinking, oh, yeah. well, that chick's so awesome. I can't wait to imagine what the, the actual mom is going to be like. Yeah. But that Robin character still wound up being kind of the main female love interest for the rest of the show. Huh. Yeah. And so the pilot wound up being more about that character than the actual, or the wait, wait, wait. series finale wound up being more about this Robin lady than it wound up being about the goddamn mom. Yeah. Which so wait, wait, because they because they weren't expecting this, like, or they didn't necessarily plan the show to go on for like what eight nine seasons? years. Nine yeah. Years. yeah. Like, so it's... here's a question: Did do they say it's his kids? Yeah. Okay, oh yeah, so they, it's I was about say, he's talking. You see the kids. It's just how I met your mother. Why say that it's his kids? Why not just leave that open? And this is like their uncle. And then you say, oh, I met your mother. She was married to your dad. And then that's the twist of the end. That's true. It's how I met Wouldn't your that mom. Have been easier? I, I fucked her in a bar 40 years ago. How's she doing these days anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Like I met your mother at the parent-teachers conference when she was having a chat with us teachers. No, what are you it's, doing? They're just in detention. That's just, there you go. It's, it's still called How I There's Met Your Mother, ways. but met is in, in quotation marks. Scare yeah, I met your mother. I know <laughs> her on Twitter. I don't know why I'm talking to you anyway. <laughs> show how, how i mean stop somebody you you know i don't even know who are you again <laughs> i got my dick into somebody on the street and what what he had two kids i started talking to <laughs> i i love that i fuck your mom that's a great show 
Are you my kids? I met your mom at the brothel. I... Yeah. Hey, everybody! Did y'all watch the Lucy trailer? Yes. What? Lucy? Is that... Are they making two Peanuts movies? One about Lucy and the Belt and Charlie Brown? It's a Luke Besson movie. With kind of a Fifth Element vibe, but the premise of Lucy is... We only use, like, what? Half of 1% of your brain? What if you use, like... Which is not true. What if you use, like... Ten, like more, twice as much of your brain. Couldn't you like change your hands and control time? Couldn't you like make you kind of already do that? Hold on. Couldn't you like drive cars all of a sudden and you get like yeah. Johansson and then like your tits are amazing and people look in your booty and then you use your brain power to turn them into ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> the so it's a it's a movie about a woman who dyes her hair. And can like ignore people. I kind of like the basically setup. Basically, just ghosts. I like the setup, which is that she is smuggling. She is she is has drugs like that she's smuggling against her will in her body, and the drugs are punctured, and so they're entering her bloodstream. Oh. And that's how, and these dr- drugs make her use more of her brain. And that's like I think that's such a ridiculous and great premise. If this were okay. What's a dumb? That, that sounds Statham good from the guy who made the moment. What? What's a D- Jason Statham movie where he has to keep his adrenaline up? Crank. It's crank. Yeah. Crank. I, I like Lady Crank. I'm kind of you know what Lady Crank. The best part of this Lucy trailer is the fact that Lucy's played by Mary Steenburgen. <laughs> you mean Mary Lou Steenburgen? Mary Lou Steenburgen. <laughs> I know. Now I know what the uh, title of this episode is going to be. Mary Lou Steenburgen. <laughs> Hey, let's go look at mods on the Skyrim Nexus. Hey, everybody. Good news. Amy Hennig has a new job. She's working at the studio that made Dante's Inferno. I know. That's... And Dead Space. Mm-hmm. I like Dead Space. Mm-hmm. The first two Dead Space games. Really she's, making, she's making a video game with the folks who made that game were about what if space zombies were dead babies. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, Amy Hennig, come help us out. Well, I can only hey. assume that like most of her creative meetings with there. the studio are her just kind of like making frowny muck, any Muppet face <laughs> everyone at their suggestions. Are like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it kind of sounds like, to me like maybe she got this job offered to her and then kind of left Naughty Dog. No, the, no. Uh, I I do not get that vibe at all. I get uh, whatever happened to her at Naughty Dog. I feel like it, the cur- the carpet was pulled out from under her. You think so? Because this is this is this is announced so quickly yeah. that like I'll believe I'll believe that like they that she immediately they uh, she's Amy Hennig immediately people are gonna start knocking. No, her but door. like to sign the contract suppose, like but... like put to put her in chart like this seems like too big of a thing to happen within just like two or three weeks. I do yeah. I would I would bet my hat that she did not. I leave think Naughty she Dog may have been her. wanting to leave Naughty Dog. I'm not saying she got this job offer and if I oh I'm just gonna go over here then. Okay guys, but I think anyway, she may have been ready to leave. Straight, Naughty Dog, straight white male here to tell you what. <laughs> Uh, Amy Hennig, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Amy anyway, Hennig, if you're listening, if you could write in and tell us, please. We're some assholes on the internet. We're we're dissecting the the, the events, the disruptive events. We're dissecting your, life your career for our pleasure. Yeah. For Christ could you tell me more no. about those vampire games you wrote? So, the most important part of all this is that 
if Amy Hennig had to go to any other property and create from any other established brand, we could all only hope that it would be Star Wars. And that is exactly what she's doing. You think that's the perfect I really want to see her dead space. I want to see her take on that universe. Wow. Jacob, I love you, but I could not be less interested in <laughs> no, that. Guys, no, seriously. Thank you for calling. She, even she doesn't know this it sounds, yet. It sounds awful, doesn't it? You know what? You know what? I really want to see what Amy Hennig brings to Dante's Inferno 2 electric blue. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Revenge. Amy Hennig and the guys behind uh, Dante's Inferno bring you the nerds game. <laughs> Based off the can- the award-winning candy. <laughs> Brand synergy here is awful. <laughs> Bruce by Maddie Lesham comes. <laughs> There's so okay, many guys. sequels you could have. You could have the candy rope. You could have the candy. Yeah. Yeah. You could have a you could become... Oh wait, 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 wait. You you're a you're a purple nerd and you see, <laughs> you you combine with the powers of the other color nerd. Wait. There we go. Yeah. Better idea, better idea. You're a white nerd, and you go to this nerd city in the sky. I'm already uncomfortable with this joke, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, no one's still been quiet during this conversation. <laughs> yeah. and you know, I'm not going to step, step my foot okay, in this guys, one. Okay, guys. Okay, I will say this. If I ha- Amy Hennig, my perfect fantasy dream was Amy Hennig goes and starts her own fucking studio, makes her own fucking small games, and is happy ever after and makes million dollars. But if I had to choose, like, option B, my perfect fantasy, I'm going to say this phrase and now it'll never happen, Amy Hennig writes and cre- is the creative director of a Star Wars game with a female main character. It will never happen in a million years. But God, that would be so good. You know, the runner-up would be if she's if yeah, she a solo game. Jimmy and Conley pointed this out, but yeah, that would be actually make the most sense. Oh, of course. If you're in charge, if you're in charge of Star Wars, like if you're if you're J.J. Abrams and whoever the head of Disney is, and you're like, okay, we're gonna make a bunch of Star Wars games. What we're gonna do, we're gonna uh, use our brand recognition and, and and our budget, and instead of like just shitting out a couple quick licensed games, we're actually gonna like try to hire away some great talent to make good Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. One of the first things you do is okay, we get Uncharted. Yeah. Make yeah, I mean that makes a Han Solo sense. game. We get And that's kind of what it, you kind of cast the gaming, the games with the perfect people. Not to say like as you make exactly a Han Solo uh, Uncharted starting Han Solo, but I think it's more likely she is probably like making a game uh, based around an established character and that established character will well, absolutely. Like that. I think I think that Dis- Disney has made it pretty My guess that their model with the Star Wars brand is to leverage existing aspects of the brand rather than make new ones from whole cloth. Yeah, and why uh, why it's likely it's likely to be Han Solo because with the the sequel trilogy coming out, they're it, yeah. they're done with all the Clone War shit, the prequel shit. Now it's all going to be about like e- either stuff that de- deals directly with the movies that everyone likes or or about the new trilogy stuff. Yeah, um, I I I am with you, Annie. I would much prefer which to be a, fair. Make uh, you're starting to get out of control, so you might as well just start over. What's that? That that Star Wars expanded universe stuff had started to get so out of control with so well, much stuff that you kind of had to do that, you know. They, they already announced that they're yeah. ejecting most of that stuff anyway from canon, right? Um, so fuck yeah, which is fine. Um, even even 
even beyond just doing a Han Solo game, which I agree with you, is the most likely, she has proved herself really adept at telling adventure stories that are character-focused. Yeah. And with a with a group right. of characters that you genuinely care about. So, like... That's what she's good at, and that's what she wants to do. And, so, hire her yes, to do it. Yes, it makes the most sense for her to do. For that reason, that's why she is, like, she, that's why it's great for her to do a Star Wars, even more so than an Indiana Jones sort of story. Because Indiana Jones is so about Indiana okay. Jones. Oh, she could be working on Indiana Jones well, game, too, my actually. My point is, is that... Oh, actually, you know what? Yeah. No, but my point is, is that Indiana oh, Jones is about Indiana so. Jones. It's not about the people around right. Indiana Jones. Whereas Star Wars is so much about an ensemble of characters who come together, and it's it, at its best, it's kind of fun and pulpy and goofy, but very much so with the character with a strong character core based on established archetypes, and that's Amy Hennig can knock that the fuck out of the park. I don't want to pigeonhole Amy Hennig just because she did Uncharted. And I'm sure part, uh, hopefully part of yeah. the reason why she left Naughty Dog is because she wants to do new things. She does. She doesn't want to just make Uncharted with a different spin right. on it. But man, if you announced an Hennig Indiana Jones game would be a better Indiana Jones movie than most of the Indiana Jones movies. I love that you guys. I'm like guys. <laughs> here's why she's great at doing Star Wars <laughs> instead of Indiana Jones. And from my sentence, y'all just go with, oh, but Amy Hennig Indiana Jones. Thanks for hearing what I'm saying, you guys. You're not paying attention to what Indiana Jones is so, about. Indiana Jones is about character. I'm just saying, Mole Ram. Indiana she, Jones is about got, Indiana he Jones. You got depths, is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, um, so I just want to throw something out there. I just went to Amy Hennig's um, Wikipedia page to, to look her up on Wikipedia. And I noticed that there's another Amy Hennig who's a wrestler. So are we sure we're talking about the Amy Hennig who works? <laughs> Press release about this has a little asterisk in it. Little <laughs> thing at the bottom saying, hmm, maybe it's 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 Mary Susan Hennig and not Guys, Mary Louise Lynn. I mean, Hennig has had a long be... and varied career. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that would almost make more sense than hiring someone who worked as an artist on Michael Jordan, Chaos in the Windy City. Oh, man. Let's okay. embarrass Amy Hennig by bringing up some of her more ridiculous credits. But yeah, no, uh, 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 Amy Hennig got a Star Wars somewhere. game starring Claudia Black. I'm not going to talk her See, that's what I'm talking about, son. I would totally play that. No, and she's actually. I would totally play that. Black is just now a character in Star Wars. <laughs> it's just Claudia Black. And she's about Claudia Black going in for a voiceover session at the uh, Coruscant uh, vo uh, voiceover recording And then she could have been in Farscape, Mass Effect, and yeah, Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. yeah. All right, friends, I'm going to move on in our Geek Week. Uh, Tarantino is hosting a staged reading of his shelved Hateful Eight script in L.A. later this month. Who will be participating in the reading is still unknown, but tickets are $200. So we all going? We're going we're gonna to have a Boy Howdy meet up in the lobby? That's it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to fly me out for it, right? Yeah, and I'm sure the three of us have $200 floating around that we can throw down to uh, on tickets. And I mean, I've, I've only seen one Not Quentin Tarantino movie, coming up. totally go. Jacob, which which is the one Tarantino movie that you've seen? Um, Pulp Fiction, six years ago. I've seen May parts of um, what was the Nazi one. And he showed oh, up. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Bill. <laughs> what were you going to say, Annie? May I recommend Jackie Brown? Okay. Uh, oh, the black I'll check one. that out. 
Oh, you know, my problem God. with his movies is he just seems like such an awful person. No, Jack I'm Brown, Brown he's Jack weird. Brown is he's the weird, bottle but... rocket of Tarantino movies. Okay. It's so what's his Fantastic really Mr. Fox? That's actually, yeah, that's a good analogy, actually. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is probably, uh, um, what was the no. most recent one? The West no, you know, Come on, this movie you haven't seen. Find the comparison. Jackie Brown is the, uh, uh, uh what's the, uh, wait, the Terror in the Windy City of <laughs> Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> you mean chaos? Chaos in the Windy City, City. yeah, we're just, let, 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 yeah, let's get real about this for a moment. Okay, everybody. So wait, what's his Uncharted 2? His Uncharted 2. <laughs> My head hurts, you guys. I need to <laughs> What is The Last of Us? Hey, everybody. David Letterman is retiring in 2015. Yay. Are you aware that Stephen Colbert is supposedly the frontrunner to replace him, or at least the most well-liked contender to replace him? Though a successor will probably be Craig Ferguson. If Craig Ferguson gets passed over, though, he's guaranteed $5 million thanks to a succession clause in his contract. I didn't realize that was a thing that Saturday uh, that, that, that uh, late-night talk show hosts often have a succession clause, which... If they don't automatically get bumped up to whoever is the big headlining talk show host, like at an earlier slot, mm-hmm. that they get paid money. Like, like when they sign their contract, it's kind of understood that, like, okay, well, whenever, like, you know, whoever is in the eleven thirty yeah. slot leaves, I get his, I get his show, which I it's never heard of. Like which... training wheels, sort yeah, of. Yeah, it's kind of like, weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, so I guess that uh, Conan O'Brien had that for when he replaked yeah. Letterman on, you know, his show. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of like it's 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 interesting. I don't know. I never heard of that before. Who like, No one's cared about David Letterman in fifty. I know. Yeah, I don't. This but is, is, I'd like to see Louis C.K. get it. I want Louis C.K. to do things other than to oh, get stranded on. Oh yeah, I see. But I like the three weeks where he was acting on it. Yeah. But the three episodes he actually did before having a complete mental breakdown would be amazing. This is true. Uh, Amy Hennig's. Uh, Late night show. Hey Bill, I can never say this guy's name. It's her and Michael Jordan. Next, can you help me with this next geek week thing? I Don't can never say that. You know what? I'm not even looking at the, at the show notes, and I know exactly so what you're talking about. Four? Call, Annie, his proper name is Serenity. <laughs> okay. So Serenity. He was in Love Actually too. Serenity is the next James Bond villain. Everybody. And everyone's mad. Why? What is this? Wait, wait, wait. He went from being the leading man in one of the most important movies made in the last decade about slavery to being a Bond villain? Yeah, well, it's the same way. That's uh, a pre-arc for you. No, the, the Bond thing, the Bond formula is you hire whatever ethnic person just won the best actor or not, uh, Oscar <laughs> and get him to be the bad guy for the next movie. <laughs> oh, there You're we not go. wrong. There we go. Yeah, I'm not he, wrong. Uh, his 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 co his henchman is gonna be the guy from Captain Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or what's the name of the little girl from Twelve Years a Slave? <laughs> Can we go back to my candy themed Bioshock Infinite parody? I think that might be no, less recently. You know what? Actually, you know, for the next Bond movie after this, it's gonna be uh, Matthew McConaughey with AIDS. <laughs> He's gonna oh, be yeah. actually, it's going to be his Dallas Buyers Club character as movie. the Bond villain for Bond 25. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, but yeah, no, oh. that, that motherfucker needs to be James Bond and not be playing a James Bond villain. But yeah, that's I, there. he is – I like him a lot as an actor. There are very few people that I would want 
like I like Daniel Craig as James Bond because he has that he is ultimately a thug, but he still has that removed icy but charisma He's a to him. Classy thug. And like there are very few people that have that. Like Idris Elba, I think, could really could do it. Because he has that like that charismatic ice queen aspect of him, you know? Yeah. That um, um, you need someone who's kind of generic in that old Hollywood kind of way in some way, I you know? Agree. I think it's not genericness because I think that that sort of that to be um really cold and distant and removed, but still really appealing and charismatic. But see, that's the thing that I associate with kind of Humphrey Bogart and that kind of thing. That's what I mean when I say that's sure. for a generic old Hollywood term. I get traditional. And I think Idris Elba can pull that off. I don't think he's generic, but I think he'd be able to pull that off. Yeah. But like, that's why Pierce Brosnan failed as a Bond for me. I'm sorry, yeah. Malcolm. I, I, have, yeah. I think how you make Chiwetel for the villain in the next Bond movie is you have – okay, the movie starts off. It's 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 Grand Budapest Hotel <laughs> and James Bond. They're talking. And Grand Budapest's hotel. Is I know like, you oh, mean well, Phineas, but I'm just picturing Wes Anderson. I, yeah, I'm, I, I like that. I think he means Ed Norton. Clearly. Yeah, I know exactly Ed Norton. So, man, Andy, if you like Ed Norton, that you gotta watch Moonrise Kingdom because I that, that's a whole riff on his character in Moonrise Kingdom. I still anyway. need to watch it. I've started holding out for Saturian editions of his movies though because uh, they seem to come so, out inevitably. The Grand Budapest Hotel is talking to James Bond, and he's like, "Hey, James Bond, I gotta talk to you. Sit in my chair." And James Bond's stupid enough to sit in his chair, and he hits a button, and it's an ejection chair that shoots Daniel Craig out the ceiling. And then he turns around the camera and says, now I'm James Bond, the way I should have always been 20 there years ago. But the only, he forgets the only person in the room is a guard, played by Chiwetel Ejiofor. He's like, oh shit, oh shit, that guy saw me, I gotta kill him. Because he'll tell people that I... So it's just a 10-minute short film where this guy realizes he has to kill this dude. Yeah, Bill, so I don't he's... understand. Bill, when does your fanfiction become erotic? I'm getting confused. I'm having trouble well, sustaining my erection. Well, once he catches Chiwetel as your fourth, he fucks him to death. And then <laughs> no, he catches him on his, on his peter, right? <laughs> yeah. well, you, know how, you know how 12 Years a Slave stabs Stop. Stop. Uh, Castle at the end of Serenity? <laughs> It's like it's it's an homage to that when Grand Budapest Hotel stabs. You know what we should do? Slave. Because we should just post this part podcast on fanfiction.net. There we go. <laughs> just and keep a list of movies that are mentioned. Uh, am I missing anything by not caring about Castle? No. Okay. It's fine. It's a hey, it's a fine procedural. Hey pal, it's fine. Do you know it's that not bad. J.K. Rowling's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them will now be a trilogy rather than a one-off film. Annie, God damn it, read that. In other news, water is wet. Wait, Phil, what? What did I miss a joke? Fucking read it right. Did I say it wrong? Out loud, cast slowly and carefully. J.K. Rowling's Fantastic <laughs> Beasts and Where to Find Them will be a trilogy now rather than a one-off film. Read that correctly. What's the title of that of that book? <laughs> oh, goddamn! Just out of it. Phil did make it fantastic breasts. Let's go to three. And everybody, this is the Boy Hattie podcast. No, I'm kidding. I'm gonna move on. Fantastic. Well, it's it's one know. movie for breasts. <laughs> Because it's a triple-breasted woman from, from whatever the fuck that what? movie is. With Total Recall. What kind of women are you hanging out with, Bill? Bill's fucking trying to hunt down that extra from Total Recall.
Drew Collins. <laughs> now that's erotic fanfiction I'll read. <laughs> Who should play Newt Scarmander? That's a question of our generation. As Bill said, uh, oh, director shit. Richard Donner is claiming again oh, that the goodies works. We discussed that briefly. Game of Thrones returns tonight. I only know this because I tried to make plans with a friend. They're like, we gotta watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's pretty bad when you hear your, your cold shoulder by everyone. We gotta watch dragons. <laughs> you see the I dragons are that. big now? Man, I stopped watching Game of Thrones two seasons ago, so I don't know. Oh, when they, when they shot the, uh, when they shot the uh, d- dental hygienist out the airlock? <laughs> Enjoy when you make jokes about when I stopped watching television. That <laughs> everyone can Dude, relate why to. Why did you stop everything. watching Game of Thrones? I, you know what? I read, I, I I've read I, enough of the books, and I know how meandering they get from here. Even as much as I really enjoy yeah. how the show has tightened things up. Yeah. I don't know. I just was like, I have no interest in the next length of Game of Thrones. Well, I'm kind of surprised you didn't watch up to the last season because that's the last bit where there's actually plot. Yeah. <laughs> After that book, I stopped reading. I I, I, I really like the first book in the first season. I think they stand alone on their own. You don't need to read the whole series, but the yeah. other thing is After that while, my, my wife just... and I my wife and I have a policy right. against pirating television, and we watch the first season by yeah. You've been doing real good with that lately. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, my the wife, the missus and I, we stopped uh, we stopped watching Game of Thrones when uh, we couldn't our friends HBO Go thing uh, stopped oh, working. Yeah. So I was like, I can't, I don't really care enough. So I'm done. I'm done with Game of Thrones. I think it's one of those things yeah, like Harry Potter know. where I spent all my energy on the books, and no, then when the when the meat adaptation comes around, I'm like, I already got wound up about the Red Wedding. I'm not gonna do that again. Yeah, and to be fair, I think the series is a lot better than the books. The books just drag, I... and they're super creepy because all the female characters are like twelve, and they're constantly getting forced into sexual situations. Yes, I, I disagree. I really like the female characters in Game of Thrones. I, actually, even I as like they're... them, it's just they feel like they're just kind of tools for his misery porn. You know, which is true Dude, of all the characters. It's Game of Thrones. My favorite, yeah. one of the reason why I stopped reading it is that my favorite character is um, what's his butt? Uh, Daenerys's uh, uh, boy toy. Uh, what's his name? Oh yeah, uh, fucking what's his oh, name? Oh, um, the Mormon. Yeah, Jora. Jora is my Jorah favorite. Mormon. And everything that happens to him is such a relentless clusterfuck of misery. I'm yeah, just it's like, just I'm done. it gets old after a while. Did I'm like, yes, we get it. Everything's miserable. Did yeah. you see this, uh, huh? the, the the screenshots from him filming season four where he's just in a wheelchair and on fire? <laughs> <laughs> and the hey, dragons are just slowly picking off flesh. Like, I, Annie, you told me about everything that happens with that character, and I don't know how they can get away with half of that on the goddamn TV I know! Show. Hey, yeah. everybody, guess what? Yesterday, April 5th, 2014, marks 50 years until humanity makes first contact with the Vulcans and either embraces them with bad rock and roll and booze or blows them all away with shotguns. Annie, explain this to us. This is really important to me, and I know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> Annie, tell us how much you love Star Trek First Contact. Um, it's obviously my favorite of all the Star Treks. I've seen <laughs> of all, all the of War Trek movies I, in the Effect I've universe. I to the stars every time. My favorite character is Han Solo. Um, I really liked it when we found out that he was a robot. I liked when Han Solo and Garrus kind of hooked up. And his spine turned red. That was pretty hot. Um, that was pretty bitchin'. Yeah, so. That's my and joke. Then Michael Jordan showed up. 
Yeah. I've never seen. I've never seen any Star Trek. I've Star never Trek seen First Contact Muppets. is fucking terrible. I'm never gonna be back on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, Andy doesn't care about Star Trek either. It's it's it's, it's no big. Andy, have you tried to watch it in the Clone Wars? Wars? Speaking of good star- science fiction. Uh no, I've been. Uh, honestly, I work has been so crazy lately. No, that's fine. I just I, didn't I, know with me and Conley for flipping out about it if that had goaded you know even trying it. I'll watch it at some point, but I, I yeah. mean, I had trouble catching up watching uh, two episodes of Hannibal, so... Man, Hannibal! Fucking Christ! What a dumb show. What a dumb show. Oh, I, I like your animated gifts of Carolyn DeVernos, though. Fuck, that's my sexual orientation. My sexual orientation See, is animated gifts of Carolyn DeVernos. That's the thing. Carolyn DeVernos, now that she's getting older, it's the same thing with Jennifer Connelly, where it's hot, old... Not old brunettes, but older... Now, they're not even older by virtue of being, like, 40. She's, it's, like, in her 30s, dude. Is she only 30? You may be younger than, or you may be older than Carolyn Verna. And we may be about the same age. Well, I'm an older brunette. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When I look at Carolyn Verna and Jennifer Conley, it's like looking to a mirror. (laughs) She is 36. She's 30. See, okay, yeah, we're almost the same age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, You're officially allowed to have a boner for her. I'm hoping the last challenge on the Jim Henson Challenge Muppet Hour is you have to build your own uh, Jennifer Connelly sex toy. Bill, I'm only laughing at you because I've had pretty much the same conversation with my wife. My wife also talks about, she's like, man, Carolyn DeVernon is just getting more and more pretty as she gets older. And I make fun of her. I'm like, finally, there's something you like about women that I am. We age. Because my mom, my, my wife loves uh, women with accents. Strong oh, noses. Yeah. Everything that you're not, yeah. Exactly. Literally everything. All I have is tits. That's all I've got going for me. That loves system. like it's weird. She loves like flat-chested 15-year-old Japanese girls. <laughs> but no, she's like. Well, Damn. I have a game for her. And, <laughs> and, and, and Thai lady boys. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Hey, everybody, that's. That's not offensive at all. We're at Boy Hattie Podcast on the Twitter, boyhattiepodcast.com is our website. You can use our contact form to tell us how terrible we are. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about more pop culture garbage that you don't give a shit about and that I barely give a shit about. <laughs> Jacob, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, and oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Jacob. Lovely as always having you on. Not a problem. Did I, did I not make a joke about uh, uh, Russell Crowe going ass to ass with a dove? And with that, we'll talk no. to y'all later, friends. You have now. Merry Christmas, everybody. Alosha Shaheem, whatever Happy they say birth. in the Bible, at when it ends. Happy birthday, Sid. Oh, yeah. Listening. Fuck. Wait, Bill, you have to not re- stop recording. This week was the birthday of one of my favorite internet people, Sid. So if you're on the Twitters, uh, her, her Twitter account is locked, but send birthday wishes to at a little wolf. A little wolf. And tell her that you love not her wolf. and that she's wolf. great. How old is she? Uh, she's a baby bear. We don't know. She turned 20. She's okay. Younger than me. Well, you have, to make, make sure, you have to make sure the birthday wishes are age appropriate. <laughs> That's right. My it, beloved yes. internet daughter is 20 years old, and I'm very happy to know her. So. so happy <laughs> birthday, Sid. Happy birthday, Sid. Bye. Goodbye forever, everyone. Goodbye. That's it. We're turning this podcast to the ground. Sid, blow it out for your birthday. We made you a cake and we left it in the rain. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday.